Hey, Job. Hey, again. <laughs> hey, happy Halloween. Happy boo, spooky day. <laughs> boo. 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 Ah. Speaking of booze and terror. Booze, I'm drinking that. Uh, speaking of absolute, complete terror. <laughs> Let's talk about the new Kanye West album. I yeah, know you want yeah. to anyway. Oh, God, yes. Uh, we'll talk about this. All right. Before we get too much into it, I just want to talk about our respective opinions. Yes. I initially really liked it. And when I say really liked it, this is still bad for Kanye, but Kanye's ceiling is extremely high. Kanye has like maybe five albums that I would consider giving a 10 out of 10 score to. So for Kanye, this is closer to a six. And for me, in my opinion, and that is catastrophic for this artist right here. Yeah. Um, but I still feel like the production of this album is really interesting and good. It's the lyricism where it kind of fails and falters. Uh, and I think you agree with me, but I think you're way more harsh on it. So what do you got? Way more harsh. On yeah. It. This is undoubtedly. This is worst album. This is the worst album Kanye has. Like by a mile. This is the worst album that Kanye has ever made. I, I don't know if that's as much a testament as to this album being bad or as much of a testament as it is to the previous majority of his work being excellent in it's quality. Both. I think that. Kanye is obviously one of the greatest artists of our time. He has put out so many like incredible albums. One of my personal favorite artists ever, probably my top five, easy, easy. Yeah, I I absolutely love Kanye West. He was my first obsession in hip hop. He's the first. He's the first artist I fell in love with when I started listening to hip hop. And through that, I branched out to other stuff and fell in love with the genre as a whole. I mean, honestly, same, but like way later in my life, probably. Right. Because I didn't really listen to Kanye until you guys were like, you should listen to Kanye. Because I was always someone that avoided him because of the media scrutiny, probably. Yeah. I always assumed that he was some kind of idiot that didn't know what he was doing. And I mean, I'm half correct, but he knows what he's doing in terms of music. Music. Yes. Uh, For the most part, yeah. I, I wish I caught on sooner and realized that he was good it's okay but doesn't matter you know i still respect and, and even own actually own physical cds and i'm kind of glad i do which to a point i'll get to in a minute uh of his albums yeah and i can't say that for a lot of people this is under the best circumstances this is uh, a strange fluke in the latter part of kanye's discography what I think it actually is, is the start of a slow and painful descent, not only of Kanye's mental health, but of his body of work as a whole. And I think it's represent. I think this album is representative of both. And his, because of the trouble that he has been going through with his mental health, he has found God again. Which I am not, I have no problems with Christianity whatsoever. I don't personally follow it. I have Me no problems either. with it forever, and I respect anybody who practices it. I feel like whatever you need to make yourself happy, you should go ahead and do it. Um, but Kanye never does things subtly. He is 
leaned so hard into this that I think it will, if he keeps going with it, will inevitably destroy his career. That's where I'm at with this album. I think it's uh, the production on it's really good. Kanye will probably never lose his knack for producing amazing songs. I think uh, Kanye's lyricism has always been the worst part of his work. But it's always been either really fun and tongue-in-cheek or, at times, excellent. And neither of that shows through here, I think. Like, at least well tongue-in-cheek. There's a song on this album that is very tongue-in-cheek. And I hated it. And I usually don't. And I think a lot of it has to do with the way he put that together. He is, uh... he's He's in a bad spot musically, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Like, I don't know. It, it's such a short album. It is. It, it's, it's, the same, it's the same leg of all the stuff he released last year. It's all, roughly 30 minutes long. Yeah, like I, I think tracks. it's just something that he probably should have spent more time curating and maybe more time developing a longer experience. Because, I, mean, I mean, at most he's only worked on this thing for a year. And even then he was trying to release it last November as Yondi. And no, then the didn't. project changed significantly. Nothing from Yondi is on this album. Elements of things that were supposed to be on Yondi. Are, sort of. Like, a lot of the stuff from Yondi has been deleted, and like maybe it'll show up on this second Kanye album that supposedly will exist come Christmas time. It'll, it'll, Jesus is born. I, I never trust Kanye when he announces an album because it eventually becomes something else. It has since fucking... 808s, honestly. Uh, like every time he's like, this is the album, Turbo Graphics 16. That didn't happen. Swish, that didn't happen. Uh, I think the 808s was supposed to be a fourth album about, like, in the vein of college dropout and graduation, still featuring a bear on the cover his like logo at the early stage of his career, but then it yeah. didn't because obviously catastrophic things happens. I have a sticker Mom of that. Died. I have a sticker of that bear on the side of my computer because I think that era of Kanye West is the, some of the greatest music we've ever gotten as human beings. <laughs> For sure. It's great. Um, I mean, it's, it's really hard to say because I do say this is the worst Kanye, but there is things like maybe even watch the throne, for instance, that aren't like, amazing god tier yeah maybe we've just been spoiled by god tier music and maybe just this direction wasn't the right move i don't know if he's gonna way worse than oh yeah for sure i'm just saying that like there's no way to determine if he will stick with this or not his next album might be something completely different right because he does that (sighs) yeah he's never been consistent no i just like the only consistent thing about kanye is the inconsistency. Let me put it this way to you. This is why I think it's different this time, is that through all the trouble he's had, which is, by yeah. the way, stuff he's expressed on, like, Pablo and Ye. Yeah. Over the, he's, he's, had, he's had some trouble over these last, like, five years, right? And I think he found his personal solution in it through religion. And I don't know if he lets that go. And I think the way Kanye has been pretty much since 808s, he puts every ounce of how he's feeling at the time into his music. 
And if they, if this Christian being that hard into Christianity and doing his Sunday services and all this shit helps him personally, I don't think he lets it go. It's really hard to say still, though. I think so, yeah, but this is the way I feel about it. I, I also would like to point out that we've never really been at a position where, like, we've definitely been in a position where people scrutinize Kanye West. But I don't know if we've ever been in a position where his album is reviewed extremely poorly across the board. This is the first time, I think, yeah. There's certain people who are saying it's good that are, like, right-wing-esque. They are only doing that. They're only doing that to... They don't give yeah. a shit about Kanye West. No, they don't. They never have. Um, But... It's a weird situation we're in, and I'm not entirely sure how Kanye will react. Will he react with just more of the same in defiance? Or will he completely go 180 and make another abrasive fuck y'all kind of album? He'll do that if Kim breaks up with him. Well, I don't think that's going to happen, but at least not for a while. Uh, I th- and I think that it would be different than something like, you know, obviously his breakup with... Uh, whatever her name was, uh, <laughs> led to the greatest album that he's ever made, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Right. But it's kind of hard. This is a very different situation because he's had several kids with Kim and it's been going on for longer. I, I don't know if it would result in the same kind of album if that happens. And I don't wish it on him anyway. I would prefer Kanye to be happy and at peace, but I would also like him to make good music and not music that is still after all this time, just about him more than anything else. He's claiming that this album is about God and Jesus, but it's still about him him complaining about things. That's what it, (laughs) and, and the complaints sometimes are justified and sometimes are, Entertaining, his music if not is, justified. This one is not entertaining. No, his music has always been that way, and like that's yeah. one of the things that's great about Kanye. And Tati is really personal on his music most of the time. He talks in, in his first three albums. He talks a lot about his family more yeah. than anything else. He talks a lot about his family. Obviously, his first album is a lot about his early career and stuff like that. GD has a track on there where he literally just spitballs everything that, that happened to him up to that point. It's like a fucking history lesson on Kanye West. I love that shit. Last Call. Great song. Good song, yeah. Then you have, like, Late Late Reg, which he talks, like, that one, He it's almost entirely about his family and his home and his hometown in Chicago and all that shit. And, like, he, he hasn't really dropped that ever since. It's gotten, like, way more, like, entirely personal about him alone and the way he's feeling over these last, like, probably since 808s, actually. Yeah. It had very much has been. And that's fine. It's great. And it, it makes you, like, personal music is always, like, awesome to listen to because you get the way the artist's feeling. But then you come to this point and... It's not even personal in the way that something like Ye was. It's no, I really just, liked Ye. I think Ye is very. Uh, I think Ye is really cool because of just what he expresses on that album, and like some of the lyrics are like really f- weird and fucked up. But like it's it's literally like 
fucked up thoughts going through his head that he spits out. Yeah, it's really uh, time capsule-y. It's uh, just like a day in the life of Kanye West, kind of. Um, and it felt a lot more personal than even this album, which, like, I mean, not to say this album isn't personal. I just feel like he's really trying to force a square peg into a round hole kind yeah. of situation here. And like, and, uh, and it just ends up being repetitive. Yeah, and only... If it if he's not if it's if he's not rapping a line about a repetitive ass line about God, he is rapping or talking about like just like complaining about people not liking him for his recent outbursts. And that's it. That's the substance of this entire record. That sucks, man. <laughs> that's and a after bummer. after that's all that, bummer. I still am more intrigued by Kanye than I am a lot of artists. Yeah. I've still listened to Jesus King a lot. I've listened to it about five times now, and the only thing I've come out with it every single time, I've liked it less every time I've listened to it. No joke. Even on even on number five, my fifth time listening to it, I've liked it less than the fourth. The, every, the only thing I think every single time I listen to that album is I could listen to a better album about God. And then I go and do it afterwards as a palate cleanser. <laughs> I listen to the coloring book afterwards. I've listened to uh listened to uh fuck Forever's a Mighty Long Time, which is my personal favorite Christian hip hop album. Sure. Because it's it does album. it does the exact same thing. That album does the exact same thing. That Kanye was trying to do on this one, where he intertwines, but it's grandiose faith. and it earns it, yeah. right? It, yeah, it, it intertwines faith with like the way he's personally feeling and the stuff he's done. Like Big Crit does that, except like it is a two disker, right? And the first disc is for people who don't know. The first disc is uh, a lot more about like, like life, life, and basically life in the bling era of hip hop. There is some, there's some like choir based stuff in it some stuff about god in there but it's mostly talking about his personal stuff and then the second disc uh goes almost all out like gospel style beats with him intertwining that with how it interacts with his faith and i'm pretty sure that's what kanye was going for is what that second disc of forever was a mighty long time is and he missed hard the songs aren't strong enough to bring a point to bring his point home. No, and the album isn't long enough to bring home that point either. Yeah, like Forever Somebody Long Time tells you a story. Yeah, well, I think it. that album's too long to be honest, but I think it's it almost perfect. earns it. I don't like it nearly as much as you, but I do like it a lot, and it's mm-hmm. definitely better than Jesus Is oh, King. By mile. Um. So yeah, I don't know. That's all. I just wanted to bring it up because I knew you'd want to talk about it anyway. Yeah, and we'll get it out of the way because we're probably not going to talk about much anything well, else this episode besides uh, chainsaws. <laughs> four out of ten. Four out of ten. Maybe almost a three. Jesus, that's for how many tracks I like on that album. Three. No pun intended. Um, like I'm still tracks. leaning towards six. I think even Kanye at his worst is still. Incredibly interesting and worth a listen. Kanye at his uh, worst right now, and it's this record, and it's one of my least favorite albums I've listened to this year. I wouldn't go that far, but I mean, maybe I haven't heard as much shit 
this year. But as far as like albums I, I like wanted to listen to and I actively wanted to listen to, I went and listened to it. It's definitely the biggest disappointment and is the worst one. Bigger disappointment than Chance? Yeah, I wasn't expecting anywhere near as much out of Chance as I did Kanye. Oh, I was expecting it to be decent. I wasn't expecting it to be like... I didn't expect Chance... I didn't expect Chance's record to be like incredible. Like I'd usually expect out of Kanye because that's what the track record insists. Really? Because Chance's consistency was pretty good to that point. No, the Coloring Book, as much as I like that album, is really inconsistent in itself. You're still dropping like a hell of a lot of points there. Like, I don't know. What would you give the big day? Oh, a zero. A zero? No, maybe no one. A, a zero one or a, a one out of ten? One out of ten. So are you I like, saying I like, like one track. Oh, oof. Uh, how many tracks are on that thing? A lot. That's probably less than one if you think about it. Yeah, but like I'll give it a one. <laughs> okay. Yikes. And that's the worst album I've heard this year. Easy. I've but, avoided listening to it. I don't know. I might still before the de- the the decade is out. I am listening to a lot of music trying to get caught up on things. It's frustrating in the same way that this Kanye album is. Jesus King is only thirty minutes long, though. Yeah, no, that's what makes it. That's what makes it more tolerable. <laughs> and also, like as dumb as Kanye's lyrics can be, I, I really have to stress that that production is fucking great. It, it uh, frustratingly so. Yeah, like even closed on Sunday, which has the cringiest lyrics that Kanye has probably ever put to paper. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, still has a hell of a second track, uh, half, and. That guitar is great. It's just a mismatch with like the meme lyrics that he puts forth on that. Yeah, it's not like something else like the Poopity Scoopy did. The Poopity Scoop is a song that's grown on me. It's like a, quite a bit because well, it's really goofy. Yeah, well, but the on beats purpose. like the beats really fun. The beats goofy. Yeah, the beats fun and goofy, and then yeah. But then you have uh, on Jesus is King, the close on Sunday song, is uh, has this really like serious like really good beat that you could put a really awesome personal song behind and then he raps about Chick- you're my chick-fil-a and i want to jump off a bridge yeah it's like pairing like flashing lights with the poopity scoop song yeah you shouldn't do that you really shouldn't do that poopity <laughs> scoop <laughs> scoop 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 Kill me. So yeah, I don't know. Hopefully he doesn't release an album on Christmas, and uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so and, and his next project is different, or he just pulls a complete one eighty, releases a death metal album on Christmas called Satan is King. Dude, I'm down. <laughs> Let's go. You got to represent both sides, Kanye. Come on, be the centrist you were born to be. <laughs> both sides, dude. <laughs> Welcome to the Gannon Boo Show. Ah, that's Gan. Ah, and I'm ah ah. <laughs> Welcome to the ah. Are you? Are, hey, everybody! It's Halloween. We're are scared. You, are you shivering? I'm scared. Yeah, I'm spooked I'm solid. Scared. We are T minus forty minutes from from Halloween actually being here. As I'm, we record this, I'm shaking in my boots. Yeah, this will go up on Halloween. Yes. Please play it loudly for the kids while they're trick-or-treating. Yeah, I, I got you. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> now play it loudly for the kids. Hey, 
Billy, I fucking see you. Why the fuck are you wearing a oh, Minions shit. costume, you little shit? And why did you take two packs of Skittles when on there's a sign on the fucking porch that says take one? You, you lame as fuck, Billy. You fucking asshole. One kid might not get a Skittle mm. now because you decided that you wanted to take that extra one for yourself, you fucking glutton. I will come after I will find you. <laughs> and who the fuck dresses like a Minion? What the fuck? What do you think this is, 2016? Are you a boomer? Jesus, fuck. Okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. Yeah, put the put that skittle back, you fuck. Yeah, got him. God, do we fucking got that kid? What a, what a little shithead. Oh, he served them up on a plate like the Texas Chainsaw family does. Oh no. Well, I don't know if they killed children. No. Maybe. I mean, uh, who knows? I mean that in that in Leatherface, that girl was probably a minor. She was in a school outfit. Oof. All right, so today we're, we're doing things a little bit differently because we're trying to end the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. On Halloween. It, it never will come back. Let's kill it. Let's bury it in the oh, ground. God, yes. That's not what I mean. I, I, mean I mean, we're trying to end it on Halloween because it's not as much in the season next month. We spun it because it, the spun the spooky wheel because it was Halloween. We landed on Texas Chainsaw. We might as well end it on Halloween. And then we'll start fresh in a couple weeks. Next week, we're going to be watching Terminator Dark Fate. Add that to the Terminator ranking. Oh, boy. I hope it's third. That'd be nice. And not sixth. Oh, God. I, it can't be worse than Genesis. There's no, no fucking, there's no possible, fucking way. way. I uh, shit on a film reel, and it might be like the same quality as Genesis, so... <sighs> Okay. But yeah, so hopefully we're going to kill this thing fucking dead and we could just move on with our lives because I am sick of this shit. Yeah, um, I mean, we'll go into it a little bit later, but is this the worst franchise we've watched on Get and Job? Yes, statistically. Like, I don't know. What have we done? Like, Halloween's better. Absolutely. Comparable, but better. Well, yeah. Even uh, the bad ones in Halloween are better than the worst ones in Texas. I think so, yeah. yeah. And then, like, obviously Rocky's probably the best franchise we watched Rocky's still, in yeah, overall consistency. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, oh, what? Matrix? Uh, fucking Alien and Predator are better. Yep. Fucking Gremlins is a, a literally two perfect films. Right. <laughs> um, indie, I guess, is like a 50%, but this is lower than that. Honestly, I hope the bar doesn't get lowered further. Now, it'll add some color to our overall Gen and Jub rankings whenever we do that. Like, 100th episode, something around. Yep. I'm looking forward to that. 100 episodes, 100 movies, slap in. <laughs> slap them in. We'll tear them out. Dig a hole in the wall and throw the movies in there and don't ever look back. <laughs> Seal it up with some plastic. <laughs> then shoot myself. <laughs> Yikes! Well, the ritual has to happen. I don't know what the fuck. That's what that's what that's what Satan told me to do. My daddy Satan told me to steal him up. Oh well. Plaster shoot myself in the head. He taught me how to do drywall, so I can do that. Thanks, Satan. He's a good dad. Satan's a good dad. Satan, cool. He uh, he raised me right on how to plaster wall and kill myself. Yikes! That's the only thing he taught. All right. So in order to get through this franchise and be done with it we still had two entries left so we just did a good old double feature for ourselves mm. and we watched 2013's texas chainsaw 3d and 2017's leatherface the only film in this franchise to not have the word texas or the word chainsaw in the title yeah uh 
later on the DVD copies, I think they have in little text the Texas Chainsaw Massacre right underneath Leatherface. I, I suppose that makes sense because maybe people aren't looking up Leatherface as often as they well, are. They accidentally buy a copy Chaos of Chainsaws. When they're looking for it. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but on the Twitter, I put a picture I of Leatherface. I did see heads. that. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. George Clooney. my The best psychopath in the series, obviously, George Clooney. All right, so let's start. Let's just, you know, we're probably going to talk the whole time about the movie, so we might as well get into it. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about. Um, there's one thing I want to talk about real quick. It's not, I mean, it's not that spooky, but like, I just want to let everybody know if you didn't already know from everybody who was saying it on the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey guys, uh, Outer Worlds is really fucking good, and it might be my favorite game that's been released this year. Oh hell yeah, dude! Nice. It is Obsidian's latest outing, and and it's uh, a lot of people who have been associated with Fallout in the past getting on this shit as far back as Fallout 1. And it is the most masterfully crafted Bethesda game that's not a Bethesda game. It's the best one out of all of them. It is better than Morrowind. Damn. Go play it. That's some high praise, dude. It's got great it's got great fun areas to explore. They're all beautiful, well crafted. Um, you get a bunch of allies with you, a bunch of like squad mates with you, who are all really cool in their own special ways. The writing is impeccable. The gameplay is a lot like Fallout, but way better made. There's some really cool dynamic weapons. The quest lines are all really cool. I love the side quests and all the goofy shit you get to do. Um, the, the way the perk system works is really good. The way you level up your skills is nice. It's streamlined in the good way, not in the bad way like it was in Fallout 4. It is just masterfully crafted. And if you like RPGs at all, you should be playing this game. Okay. I'm sure you'll have more to say on it when we next go next week. Because I'll probably sure. have it finished by next week because Death Stranding's mm. coming out. Right. Probably be a uh, good so idea to get a jump on that. Week, I'm at least going to try to get the main story of the Outer Worlds done. Oh, okay. Oh, there's the thing I wanted to briefly touch upon. I watched two good spooky movies. Mm-hmm. So if you want to watch a good spooky movie and not these, take these to heart. Okay. Uh, they're both available on Tubi, which is a fucking free streaming service. And boy, is that nice. Thank you. Just got to watch a couple dumb commercials and you're good. Other than that, you're watching a whole ass free ass movie and there's a bunch of them on there. Bunch of shit on there, but some surprisingly good shit that like is not bad. Uh, Watch two movies with a friend in the spooky spirit. Probably we'll couple watch a couple more on Halloween itself. Oh yeah, we will tomorrow. We're gonna get uh, together and do that. I think. Hell yeah, brother! So I watched Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Yeah, that was actually really good. Right? Quite good. Nineteen mm-hmm. eighties uh, made for TV horror film, and as such, it is not overly violent or overly fucked up. Uh, it kind of has some restraint, but it has a good spooky vibe and. It's an interesting horror movie that kind of takes the easy-to-understand slasher concept and does a 180, puts the concept on its head. Uh, Your basic plot is that uh, there's this mentally challenged guy in a town, and some of the townspeople uh, don't like him. Uber prejudice against this mentally challenged man. And, uh, you know, they're kind of out to, like, get him away from their lives and... uh, you know, he hangs out with this little girl. She uh, is kind of like understands him. They're kind of on the same like mental capacity. It's like a five year old in this 
mentally challenged guy. It's her. Fr- it's his friend. Uh, she gets attacked by a dog, mauled, and instantly. The mentally challenged guy is blamed by the townspeople, led by a shitty mailman, the villain slash protagonist of this film. Uh, And they kill the guy. He's hiding in a field in a scarecrow outfit, and they kill him. And then they find out that, like, uh, it wasn't his fault. It was a dog that hurt the girl. But they cover their tracks, and they get away with murder. But then... A scarecrow starts showing up and spooking a lot of them. And one by one, they start getting the murdered. And then accusations fly and everybody's wondering what the fuck's going on. And people's true evil colors start to come to light. And it ends up being a really interesting little character study of that asshole mailman who ends up being an incredibly intriguing character as the movie goes on. Uh, It's really simple. The answer to the mystery is even more simple than you could possibly imagine. Uh, it's, It's quite a fun time, actually. But really, really, really fun time is 1984's House. That movie is whack. Um, this is the American House? American House. Now, there's also a Japanese film called House. Both of them are about a haunted house, and the movie is basically a comedy as opposed to a horror. There's obviously fucked up weird elements of horror, and there's death and murder and destruction in both, but weirdly comedic. Weirdly dark comedy. Both of them. Uh, American House is about like a kind of like Stephen King-esque writer guy. Uh, he's a famous horror novelist, but he's trying to write about his experiences in Vietnam. And he goes to his old aunt's house, who just passed away, that is haunted with the ghosts and possibly demons. And then just weird shit starts happening. And usually in horror movies, I expect and want rules of some sort like nightmare on elm street works because you have rules to the concept freddy can only attack you in your dreams he can't just decide to attack you whenever you have to be asleep so usually when horror movies just kind of go willy-nilly and anything can happen i kind of get frustrated by that because it shows they didn't think about the concept house kind of goes a different way and uses it uses the lack of rules to just Anything goes and anything can happen and weird stuff constantly happens. And that's the enjoyment of that movie. Lots of cool, crazy ass practical effects. Not all of them have aged gracefully, but honestly, that's not the point. Uh, it's fun. It's schlock. And Norm from Cheers is in it. No. Uh, I, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, it was weird when he showed up. I was like, it's Norm. What the fuck? <laughs> uh it's it's really funny. That's the real spooky content. <laughs> it's really funny. I highly recommend that movie. Uh, it's kind of a cult hit. Uh, nobody ever talks about it. Uh, I might throw it on the wheel in a blue moon because there are four of them, but I don't know if any of them are good besides the first one. But I would watch the first one again. It was excellent. Uh, but not today. Maybe next Halloween. Uh, so anyway, I guess it's time to talk about the Texas movies of the Chainsaw Variety. It's time. So, Texas Chainsaw 3D. 
It was released in fuck you, it's January yeah, 2013. <laughs> you know, one of those movies. Uh, it's a more direct sequel than any other film in the series, really. Uh, maybe other than Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Because it, you then have, you know, the cook still in it, played by the same guy. Direct continuity with the first one. Things make sense. Breaking news. Yeah, what's up? Um, big signs are pointing towards Terry Bogard and Smash releasing November 1st. Oh, so like, that's it, nice. Two days. Wow, Just dude. Just you know, um, uh, in-game SNK copyright added for a number, November 1st spirit event for Smash Brothers, and then they always release the character along with the spirit board. Yes, 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 stuff. yes. So that is saying that that spirit, SNK spirit board is coming November 1st, which probably means that Terry Bogard is coming November 1st. Thank you for letting me know. That is pertinent information. Yeah, it's dope. Get can't, fucking ready. I can't wait. Can't wait to bust some wolves, okay? <laughs> bust the wolf. <laughs> Fucking oh, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so anyway. Texas. <laughs> so it ignores all other sequels, which is probably a good call. Mm. But really, every single movie in this franchise has ignored all other sequels. Basically, yes. Uh, and it establishes a new continuity that it shares with the 1974 original film, and the 2017 prequel Leatherface. So it's, uh, you know, it almost makes it a neat little trilogy, except for the fact that you still only want to watch one of them. Uh, <laughs> but I think, surprisingly enough, this one will rank somewhat high on our listing. Yeah. It is not that fucking terrible. No, not really. It is... I mean, it, it's a bad, it is a badly made movie. Let's put this out there right now. Yeah, it is. It is not good. Okay. But. But in that enjoyable way that two, and to a lesser extent, but still to an extent, the next generation were. Right. Uh, this is a fun, bad movie that you can watch with some friends and laugh at and enjoy. This is, this is a feel good, bad movie as opposed to, you know, the previous two we watched, the remake duology. Uh, this one is actually fun. Lots of stuff you can laugh at in this one. As we go through the plot, it'll become incredibly apparent. Uh, but let's go through a bit of the history that led to this. It's not much. It's fairly predictable. I kind of alluded to it last week. After Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, uh, the best movie we've watched on Gen and Jub, clearly, uh, failed to live up Opposite. to New Line. Yes, I know. Failed to live up to New Line and Platinum Dunes' uh, expectations. They decided not to move forward with a third film in the remake continuity. And then in 2009, the rights to make multiple films were bought by Lionsgate. So then they quickly hire, and by quickly I mean several years later, in 2012. Uh, you know, it's weird to me that they sit on the rights, and I'll get to that in a, a little bit. So we get uh, the film written by Adam Marcus and his wife, Deborah Sullivan. The film's written by Adam Marcus and his wife, Deborah Sullivan. Uh, Adam Marcus doesn't have a lot of screenwriting credits but he wrote and directed Jason Goes to Hell. Oh, shit. Uh, which is also not not good. No. <laughs> but it is an original take. He at least brings a neat idea to the table. Uh, directed by John 
Lucenhop, who previously directed crime thrillers, Lockdown and Takers. Uh, John likes casting hip-hop artists. This movie has Trey Songs in it. Lockdown has Master P in it. And Takers has Hayden Christensen in it. Hmm. I'm, I'm just kidding. It also has Chris Brown in it. Aww. But... I- <laughs> That's, but that's, I would rather listen to a Hayden Christensen song. That's the real spooky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that multiple times. This I time. know which one I would rather trust around my family. And it's the guy who killed all those Tuscan Raiders more than Chris Brown. Anyway. At least he's capable. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Somebody who hits Rihanna isn't capable. They're just a bitch. So... That's about it. Um, let's just start going into what happens in this movie, and then I'll bring up stuff as we go. What happened in movie? We got girl. Well, okay, but first we have literally oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, right after 1974. It up, yeah, it picks up directly after te- the first <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre ends, which is weird. And the, the, the title card just kind of shows like little snippets of the whole it thing. It literally shows scenes from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but adds horror stinger sounds to them. It's horrible. It, it doesn't really work. It's trying to make scenes that were scary due to their atmosphere and lack of noise. Scary by adding big <laughs> noises to them, like jump scares. Like like movies do now. Yeah. It's uh, which this movie is full of those moments. Uh, but... You know, it's nice that there's continuity and it tries to tell a story that is a direct result, but it yeah. kind of confuses the continuity a bit for me. Yes, it does, because it adds people. Well, let me get into it, I guess. So I always assume, and I would prefer, that the patriarch of this family is Drayton Sawyer, right? the cook. He seems to be in charge in the first one. And he also, I always assumed, seemed to be a parental figure to the hitchhiker in Leatherface. But in reality, reality, in the movie continuity, he's their brother. He's just the oldest of the three, which is kind of weird. Uh, And I guess there's a lot of other Sawyers, so much so that, that are willing to defend him with guns while hiding in the house. The creepy house. And uh, the real person in charge is someone named Verna Sawyer. Well, Verna Carson, because she marries someone named, I shit you not, Ben Carson. Ah. That's the name on a grave in this movie. Uh, can't believe he's canon Dude, to this ben franchise. He should be proud. So she's actually the one in charge, but where is she during the first one? You need to kind of establish why she isn't present if you're going to introduce her at all. Just like two established Chop Top, but gave plausible reason for him not being present in the fact that he was in Vietnam. Right. That kind of works and makes sense. This, they just kind of introduce a new leader of the clan, and then she's not present on that fateful day. So, where's she at? Did she just fuck off? <laughs> What's she, she doing? She's chilling in her mansion. Not to mention, there's also another sibling who tries to get away with a kid. And then that's where we start our jump into the future, which also doesn't make sense. But be that as it may, this scene is still kind of neat 
that it even happened at all. It's cool to see like a recreation of that house as the set. They did a really good job with this recreation. Absolutely. Um, that set wasn't available. Though the house, I should say. It was a set, but it was just a real fucking house. Right. Not available. So they had to recreate They it. had to build the fucking house again, and they did for this scene. And they did a hell of a good job. And there's lots of cool cameos in this that I'll just get into now. Uh, Bill Mosley plays Drayton Sawyer. Uh, he's filling in for Drayton uh, for uh, Jim Sidow, who played Drayton in the original and two. Yeah. Bill Mosley, of course, played Chop Top, but you know he actually pulls it off pretty well. It's pretty okay. He does a really good impression of Jim Sidow. He even does it in Texas Chainsaw 2 because he mocks him. Right. Uh, it works out, and it's recognizable. I appreciate the reference. But also present is Gunnar Hansen as a character that designated Boss Sawyer in the credits. He's just wearing a hat, got a beard, holding a gun. Looks like a good old Texas good old boy. Um, you know, it's it's kind of strange that like they have these like distinct psychopath characters like Leatherface, the cook, uh, Nubbins, aka the hitchhiker. But then they just got a couple dudes with guns. All right, but anyway, looks like someone finally paid Hanson money <laughs> and got him to be in this movie, and it's cool that he finally got to be in another one. Uh, before he passed away a couple years later. Uh, another interesting thing to note is Hansen is sitting in the corner of a window, and that's the exact same position he sat in the 1974 film as Leatherface when he was stressing out and like hitting his head about all these intruders into his home in that iconic scene. Uh, so... Hanson obviously passed away in 2015, and we previously discussed the Andrew Brianarski boo-hoo debacle. You know, suck yeah. his dead nuts and all that. Right. Now, I've found a video of behind-the-scenes footage from this movie that I believe is the crux of that feud. There's a... So... They're going through the Sawyer house and showing, like, recreations. They're talking with a lot of people. Another person that's there is uh, John Duger reprises his role as Grandpa Sawyer. Yeah. He was young when they did that. Now he's, like, actually Grandpa. <laughs> they had to put on far less prosthetics for him this time around. But the, the reference is still cool. So, Gunnar Hansen is at the metal door. That he slammed in probably the most iconic moment from that film. There's there's several, but that metal door slam is one of the most iconic things from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Brianarski throws some legendary shade in this onset video. He gets behind the door, and he says... Andrew Brianarski closes a door and he closes it ultra slowly and grimaces as he's trying to close the door <laughs> very, very, very slowly. And then he opens it back up and then he says, the original closes the door and he slams the shit out of it just like he did in 1974. <laughs> oh my God. That's great. Uh, so, yeah, I assume... 
that pissed Brianarski off because he's throwing shade at him. But honestly, he deserves it. If that's how he's going to react. Like, it was just in, in good-natured fun. And then the dude, and then the dude dies and he says, fuck him. Like, come on, dude. You know, die mad, honestly. He was the original. He's allowed to make fun of the way you portray the role. Too bad. Yeah. Eat shit. (laughs) His point stands. Closing the door fast as fuck is way scarier than closing it slowly. Absolutely. Because it just... It happens faster. It's so good. It it just like leads you to just go like, oh, that's just gone now. They're gone never to be seen again. It just like that. Mm-hmm. It's dope. I love it. But anyway, what happens in this little prologue, if you will? Yes. Yeah, so you have the, the Sawyers all hold up in their house and you got a big old copy cop. I don't, I don't know his name. I forget. Uh, the, sheriff. the sheriff. Yeah, what's his name? Yeah, that is... Tom Thomberry. Uh he is from Cold Case and the first two Fast and Furious movies. He plays Sheriff Hooper, named after Toby Hooper. Yeah, so Sheriff Hooper mm-hmm. gets to call this going on. He, he figures he sees everything and he pulls up yeah. to the house. And he sees all the he sees all the Sawyers there. And he tries to talk to them, get them to stand down. A bunch of people from the town show up. Who, who have somehow caught wind of everything that's been going on, and they're pissed. They are out for blood right. and vengeance on this family. They want to kill them. Which, honestly, from what we can assume, kind of makes sense. This family has probably terrorized this tiny town and ate several of its residents over their years of terror. Yeah. This town would justifiably be mad. So, yeah, I agree. I realize I get the cop not wanting to escalate the situation and just kill all of them. He wants to jail them all. He wants to jail them all. But I get it. I get the mob justice part of this movie a little bit. It goes too far later, but hey. They enact exactly that. They enact their mob justice. They start shooting the place up and they burn it down. Uh, And kill everyone. Uh, Drayton Sawyer, Grandpa Sawyer, but the only body they don't recover is Leatherface himself. Don't know how he got away. It's a big moving target there, but somehow. Probably ran out the back. (laughs) I tried to do it all mysterious, and you're just like, ah, fuck it. Probably just ran away. Ran out the back. (laughs) But then there's a daughter left alive. Yes. And one of the townsfolk goes up to her and takes her baby away from her and is like, don't worry, you're going to be okay. And then just kicks her in the fucking face and kills her. A little too far. Yeah, too much. That guy's a piece of shit. It's it's kind of strange and fascinating how this movie attempts at multiple times to make you feel sympathy for the Sawyers. A lot, actually. A lot. And, you know... It's fascinating. We dunk on Robert Zombert a lot here at the Gen and Jub show, yes, but we do. a movie that he made that is critically acclaimed is The Devil's Rejects. And I think its influence is felt here because that does a lot of similar things. You know, it presents you with these irredeemable shithead murderer characters, but by the yeah. end of the film, they're being tortured and your sympathy changes sides 
I guess. Yep. Depending on how you are, depending on what kind of person you are. I mean, I always view these things very gray. You know, I feel like they got what they deserve to a certain extent, but yeah. that doesn't justify the sheriff in that movie's actions. No. Um, I think this movie tries to do a similar thing, and it's kind of uh, an intriguing presence. It's very fascinating. So then we fast forward, and I need to stress this, about 40 years. And that doesn't make any fucking sense. No, not at all. Because the baby gets adopted by some of those people, and they lie to her and don't tell her she was adopted, that she was actually a Sawyer. And she grows up to be Alexandra Daddario. (laughs) Yeah. Our lead character, Heather. Um, Alexandra Daddario, uh... She's she's probably most famous uh, as that girl in that sex scene from True Detective that you saw on Pornhub that one time. Uh, with the boobies. With the boobies. She fucked Woody Harrelson. What a prick. <laughs> Lucky motherfucker. <laughs> Gets to be like 90 years old and just hang out with naked Alexandra Tatario. Oh, well. Uh, so she's currently 33, which means she would have been 26 or 27 during the filming of this movie. She is supposed to, if math is correct, be a 40-year-old character. Yeah, no, She's no not way. portrayed as such. She's portrayed as a young person. She's portrayed, she's portrayed as somebody in her 20s. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if they meant for this movie to take place in the 90s or something. I think so. I feel like it would have worked well, considering it's a much more schlocky film than a lot of its predecessors. Well, they, were, they weren't they were trying to be this schlocky. I think this one is sort of self-aware. Yeah, sort of. So, To a definite know, extent. Maybe gave it like some Scream vibes or something. Like That would have been cool. But instead, it's contemporary, so her being 40 makes literally no sense and is not addressed. They kind of just, like... Feel that well, you should just not worry about that for some reason. How modern to 2013 is it really? Because I don't think it really much, very much is. Um, It doesn't explicitly do a lot of modern things, but it is supposed to take place in 2013. The, the date 2013 is in the movie on the gravestones. Oh, the gravestone right. of the grandma who dies. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, so they just... Verna Sawyer slash Carson, who leaves her the inheritance which sets the movie off. So they really fucked that up then. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I, I wonder if there if there was an attempt to cast a 40-year-old woman and then the studio was like, eh, what about this lady with the boobies? And they were like, Can't say no to that. Ha ha boobies. And then they they just did that. <laughs> I really have to wonder. I have to wonder at the studio influence in that decision, because obviously. I'm sure they were like, film led by Alexandra Daddario will make us more money than film led by a 40-year-old actress. So that way we have, you know, TNA in this movie. But I digress. I don't know. It's just a weird decision to me. Uh, It's one that's easy to just forget about as the movie goes on and becomes stupid anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the movie just completely disintegrates into madness anyway. That's fun. (laughs) As so many of them have. Yes, so yeah, we end we we get her character introduction after all of this, and she is uh 
she works at like a grocery yeah, store butchery. That's what it is. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah, it's like a grocery store, and her friend's working there with her. And they're talking about some guys or whatever. Her friend is played by Tanya Raymond, who was in Malcolm in the Middle as a young girl named Cynthia. <laughs> and also, she played the character Alex Rousseau in Lost. Uh, I don't know. It's funny to me that they felt that they needed to put a hot girl in this movie when they already had one. Yeah, she doesn't really serve much of a purpose. No. Like, it feels like her only purpose is to be in the movie as TNA. But then that's also Alexandra Daddario's purpose, as evidenced by what we just stated, by her supposedly supposed to be 40. But they clearly cast someone young and attractive for some reason. Who knows what that reason could be? Let's ask Hollywood executive. Uh, hello, uh, hello. This is a live feed from your prison cell, Mister Hollywood executive. Mm. <laughs> oh, you cast her because? Oh, I see. I'm not saying that on the air. That's terrible. Damn. That guy deserves to be in prison. Jesus. <laughs> so Anywho. Returns, returns to her house. Good old Alexandra Daddario's house. I don't remember her character's name. Heather. Heather. But also Edith. Yeah, later. (laughs) She turned to Heather's house, and she's, like, messing with some kind of art shit, because I guess art's her real passion. She takes bones to put on a thing. Like a real Sawyer. And Trey Songz is like, that's weird. Want to make out? And then they do. (laughs) Yeah, Trey Songz is in this movie. (laughs) Why, though? Besides the fact that that guy has to put a hip-hop star in his movies, like Hayden Christensen. Yeah. I, I'm not really sure what he adds to the movie. Like, I think this is a good time to mention that every single character is a complete fucking idiot in this movie. Yes. To the point where it's like that Geico commercial. Where it's like, why don't we get in the running car? No, nah, let's hide by the chainsaws. Like That's parodying horror films in a completely obvious ham-fisted way. But that's how the characters in this movie act. Yeah. <laughs> they're tripping constantly. They're making dumb decisions constantly. And they're dying left and right as a result. But it honestly makes the movie more fun. If the characters were smart, we wouldn't have got as many fun, dumb kills. Right. So, so she receives a letter. Wonder who it's from. We just got a letter. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was we doing. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. Please stop the shitty movie. It's a letter from our friends. And he opens the letter and it's fucking Leatherface going like... <laughs> it's, almost, it's just text written in like blood that's just... <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's my uncle, Leatherface. <laughs> It's a letter informing her that her grandma has passed away and she has some kind of inheritance in Texas. So they're going to go to Texas and, they're, you know, they're planning it with uh, their friends. Uh, there's another guy here, uh, Kiram Maliki Sanchez, as uh, Ryan's friend Kenny, uh, who um, is actually 40, but playing a teenager. It's weird. I can't tell what's happening. <laughs> what is this cast? You got a 27-year-old playing maybe a 40-year-old, and then you got a 40-year-old playing maybe a 27-year-old. No one knows what's going I have on. No fucking idea. I don't know. It's I, you know, mystery science theater. It, I guess. You know, just repeat to yourself. It's just a movie. 
Right. Really just relax. It's not worth the thought process. They didn't have it, so why should you? (laughs) Um, All accurate. Anyway, time to go to Texas, as we often do in these movies. So they go road trip to Texas. They stop at a gas station. Gotta get some munchies. They get some munchies. They fill up their gas tank, and then they go. They're fucking around. They go to pull away in their in their Volkswagen truck, Volkswagen van, which has been what they do in every Texas Chainsaw movie. Yeehaw! And then they they hit a guy. Oops! <laughs> this is Sean Sipos. Uh, he most recently played Adam Strange on the fucking sci-fi show Krypton, which I'm actually hearing good things about. Oddly enough, hmm. uh, I'm not going to watch it. But I have heard good things about. So he plays hitchhiker in a million quotes, Daryl. Um, I love this character. He's fun. He's stupid. <laughs> now, obviously, he has pretty obviously nefarious intentions, which become obvious later. But I like how obvious it is because he they he just shows up out of nowhere. It's not like they hit him. Like he. Like, they're barely even leaving, and then they hit him. Like, it's very obvious that he did that on purpose. So that he could catch a ride in their van. For what purpose, I don't know. What was his galaxy brain plan? He was going to stick him up. Maybe, but he gave them $60 to take him for a ride. And then doesn't do anything, and then lets them take him to this house. And then that's when he initiates his plan. Right, well, it's... What happened was he was he asked him to take him to to somewhere. I guess this this the mansion was on the way. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we're gonna stop at this mansion. This dude's like, oh, I was just gonna stick him up at the end of this anyway. But like, all right, steal all their money. Right. Hmm. So this movie could have had a different ending of him just robbing them, and then they're all fine still. Yeah. I like the movie we got better. I guess. I think so. Just a little bit. Just a bit. <laughs> Not by much. Yeah, so this, so this douchebag tags along, and then they yeah. end up at the mansion. They park out in front of it, big old, big old steel gate, and then a lawyer shows up, and he's like, here's a bunch of shit, and here's the keys to the house. Ah, uh, yes. This man. This is Richard Rielli, who plays the lawyer Farnsworth. He is in tons of shit because he is a stereotypical old man-looking guy. Looks like Wilford Brimley. Yeah, pretty close. But most notably, he played Santa in Santa Buddies. <gasps> Santa Buddies. <laughs> and he played Santa in a very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. <laughs> what a wholesome family Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, we here at the Gen and Jub show last saw him in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, where he played Santa. I'm just kidding. He played a night watchman in the uh, hospital scene that was a dream uh, yeah. sequence, um, if you remember right. I Sad to see him go. He was a nice fella. But anyway, here he's Farnsworth, and he, uh, you know, gives us a little bit of exposition, you know, your grandma's house. Here's, read this letter, please. I cannot stress this enough. Read this letter. Anyway, bye. She doesn't read the letter. She didn't read the letter. She didn't read the letter. Why did she not read the letter? 
The guy tells you the, 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 the It just goes to show that these characters are the dumbest in the entire series. Except maybe for the exception of a lot of characters from Next Generation. All of this. Yeah. All of this could be avoided. Just would have been like, hey, your Uncle Leatherface is living downstairs. Maybe don't bother him because he may kill all of your friends with a chainsaw. Sorry. Your lovely grandma. <laughs> the territory, bitch. <laughs> but anyway, they just pull up in the house and they're like, wow, look at all this shit. And they're exploring. Uh, they plan to party, spend the night here at least. They're going to have a barbecue. Man, the, the Sawyers would be proud. They're eating meat. <laughs> <laughs> Not human meat, but maybe nope. that'll come later. Actually, I don't think any cannibalism occurs in this movie. No, uh, straight away from it. Yeah, I guess that's fine. I mean, they're going for a way different movie here anyway, which I appreciate. It's it's yeah. it's original at least. Yeah, I'm not sure he would have ate him, even if he like. He wasn't the cook. The cook's dead. I don't know who cooks him. I think he was just killing just to do it. Well, he, that he it's just in his nature. He's just you know. A simple man. <laughs> With simple needs. And that is to chainsaw people to death. What a simple need. And to sew faces to his face. It's not that not that crazy. No, I mean, well, yes. But Leatherface is a tragic figure, more so in this movie than any other movie in the series, too. But he always has had elements of that. Yeah. Except maybe in uh, the, the remake continuity. He's kind of irredeemable in those. Because uh, he's just as violent and fucked up and awful. And also in uh, Texas Chainsaw 3, he's kind of overall rude to everybody. <laughs> yeah. But, anyway. Gonna have a barbecue. Here's our great plan. Guy we just met, gonna stay alone at the house. We're all gonna go get food. Bye, guy we just met. And he says, LMAO, what a bunch of suckers, and begins immediately stealing everything he can from this rich-ass, swanky-ass home. Mainly silverware. Mainly silverware. This guy is the spoon thief of South Texas. He, he, he <laughs> loves stealing spoons. Can't get enough of them spoons. He eats a lot of yogurt. <laughs> he needs that shit so bad. Don't get between Daryl and his yogurt. I he swear. Will, he will stab you with five of the forks he stole. <laughs> he needs those spoons. Speaking of getting stabbed, he goes to the basement. Uh-oh. He stole the keys. He got that big-ass spooky video game key <laughs> that unlocks the big-ass spooky-ass video game door Uh-oh. that goes to the spooky-ass video game basement. Oh, no. Guess who lived there? Who? It's Grandpa Leatherface. Ah! Leatherface in this movie is great. Nice. He's wearing a fucking grandpa sweater. He's wearing the red, the red fuzzy grandpa sweater. It's the first thing I noticed. And I was like, oh my it's god, look he's at old. Look it's, at grandpa Leatherface. It's amazing. He's actually really good in this. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll petition to put him very high on the ranking, to be honest. Maybe uh, number two Leatherface. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I like him a uh, lot. Your boy Leatherface in this one is played by Dan Yeager, the tallest man to play the part at six foot six. Holy shit, big boy. Director Lucenhop chose him because he had a sense of, quote, menace. 
He had, quote, farm boy arms and, quote, a brooding brow standing quiet and circumspect. And, yeah, he he's a very foreboding presence of a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, large, imposing, and that's what you want out of that character. Um, you don't want something like, I don't know, the one in Next Generation. <laughs> Yeah. Leatherface needs to have a presence when he's in the room, and he really delivers that in this movie. Absolutely. Also, I mean, the old man sweater is funny, but the mask itself is very creepy looking in this one. Very well made. It's very, uh, it's not as clean, I guess you could say. Not that a face, not that a face on your face is clean, but the costume design and then a scene later makes it very apparent that he sews the face onto his face. He's not just wearing it. And it looks like that. It's very haggard as fuck looking. I dug it. It's creepy as hell. If you compare that to the mask in like the the next generation where it looks like a plastic mask. Yeah, that shit sucks. Horrible. Bad. Yeah, for sure. So, so he fucking dies. (laughs) Yeah, this this dude, our, the the Spoon King himself gets fucked. I'm gonna miss Daryl. No more yogurt for him. Uh, he stole so many spoons while he was alive, but now he's not gonna steal any more spoons. Oh, man, and, and like spoons. He, if he would have lived it out, he still could have had his his gogurt through IV. <laughs> and now he can't. It's over. Ah, uh, spoons. <laughs> God damn. Anyway, it. meanwhile, our. Uh, our gang is out on the town. A gang of rambunctious, rowdy kids. Uh, they meet a couple... Uh, 40-year-old kids. <laughs> All of them are 40 except the one who fucking is supposed to be. Right. <laughs> so anyway, we meet a couple other uh, residents of Newt, Texas here. And, uh, spoiler, our bad guys for the evening. Not Leatherface. Kind of these guys. Paul Ray... Is Sheriff, sorry, Mayor Burt Hartman. Not to be confused with the much more evil man, Butch Hartman, creator of the Fairly Odd Parents. God damn it. Hey, I don't know. He he likes Christians a lot. So much so. Very much so. Uh, anyway, Paul Ray, and it's very important to note this, and I will always note this until the end of time if anyone has been in any of these movies. Paul Ray was in Air Buddies, <laughs> Snow Buddies, and Santa Buddies. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, he worked with fucking Wilford Brimley before. <laughs> not his, not the man's name. <laughs> but <laughs> um, And we meet his son. I mean, we find that out much later through a twist. His son is Deputy Carl Hartman. Played by Scott Eastwood. And yes, that Eastwood, Scott Eastwood is Clint Eastwood's youngest son at 33 years old. Ah, Clint. Still fucking. Yeah. Still fucking and having kids, even though he's like the same age as Yoda. Uh, that's that's it's really commendable. I, I same gotta, age as Grandpa Sawyer at this point. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> he's 112. He's the best. <laughs> Picking up the hammer and it's shaking like mad. He could kill a Clinton supporter with one hit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's conservative. Elameo. Remember when he talked to Obama? Except it was a fucking chair. 
Uh, anyway, so this is his son. Don't know if he shares the same politics as dear old dad. Oh, sure he does. But uh, he's a little fucker in this movie. He's uh, being a little flirty flirty with uh, Alexandra Daddario. I'm just going to keep calling her that. Fine. I don't know. Uh, and and it, it's just nefarious. He's just trying to like get to know them to find out information because because he's on the side of his dad yeah um but anyway uh the mayor tries to grill them for information but doesn't succeed and then they go back to the house which is when they find out that uh daryl started stealing their fucking shit mm-hmm. what a bastard what a bastard what a yogurt eating fuck and instead of investigating and looking for daryl uh, uh fuck it <laughs> They just sit on the porch and cry about it, I guess. Well, they, as, like, far as, they okay. see, as far as they can see, their stuff's just gone. And then their friends c- convince her that, like, oh, it's just a bunch of silverware. Don't worry about it, because he was after those spoons. He took the keys, though. Yeah, that's the one part. Yeah, I was like, uh, why aren't you I guess just leave the, the doors unlocked. I don't know. Your big-ass mansion. I mean, it's all gated off, but still. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to remember the sequence of events here. So now you have... We get a scene... Yeah, they're having a party. We get a scene between uh, Slutty Girl and Trey Songs, which... uh, Oh, no, this happened back at the store. They allude to the fact that they fucked once, even though he's dating Alexander Daddario. What are you doing? Imagine being such a basic fucking bitch that you cheat on Alexandra Daddario. Pornhub is mad at you, sir. <laughs> Let me ask him. Let me ask Pornhub. Let me ask Pornhub. Like, hey, at Pornhub. At Pornhub. On Twitter. I'm going to tweet this using the Gen and Jub account. Hey, at Pornhub. <laughs> Please in, no. In Texas Chainsaw 3D, are you mad that Trey They probably songs? are. They probably yeah. are. And then I just ask him and then be mm. like, yeah. Pornhub <laughs> UK will respond. <laughs> Pornhub Australia. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, absolutely. What the fuck? Uh... But yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, it's unnecessary tension, but it's really funny. I like that it doesn't get resolved at all. Because that kind of makes me laugh. It's There's literally no reason for this plot point to be in the movie. Yeah, yeah just completely moot very soon. <sighs> it's like a funny version of the Vietnam boys from the last movie we watched. Yeah. Where that's just unnecessary tension between your characters before they all get offed. So is this. But... I mean, I, I think it does have a bit more of a purpose so that, like, you can kind of understand maybe in a roundabout way why she doesn't honestly give a fuck that her friends got murdered by Leatherface. I guess. I mean, I don't I don't know if she ever puts together the fact that they were cheating on her. She might be suspecting. You don't but, know like... The movie doesn't do a good job of telling you this. I mean... Well, something... I mean... When they are trying to escape in the van. Those characters are half naked. I mean, I know that's the furthest thing from her mind when that's happening and they're running away from Leatherface, but maybe she could put two and two together later upon thinking about it and maybe be like, oh, well, fuck them then. I don't know. She kind of takes a dark turn in this movie anyway. Yeah. Uh, be that as it may, it's time for them to go fuck. So they do. She like does this dumb thing where it's like, oh my God, you got to go see this. This thing is so fucked up. And then Trey Songs follows her. And then it's just into the fucking barn. And then she's just like, here's what's fucked up, and starts getting naked. It's like, okay. 
Guess y'all are gonna fuck. Meanwhile, uh, the friend guy, the weird 40-year-old man mm-hmm. who's a teenager, uh, I think finds the blood and follows the blood downstairs and gets also murdered by Leatherface. Yes. In one of the fun best kills in this movie, uh, there's quite a few. He tries to claw his way... Or no, this ain't even when he dies. Not yet. It leads to him dying. He's trying to claw his way up the stairs, and Leatherface just hooks the shit out of him and drags him back down the stairs in a, a fun shot. That's cool. And then eventually... Alexandra, sorry, Heather. <laughs> Heather's such a less recognizable, memorable name. Yeah. Uh, goes looking for her friends. They're all missing. Two of them are fucking. One of them is dead. And I think she finds them all. She she, she finds dead guy. It. Right, and then she gets knocked out by Leatherface. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's right. And then she witnesses Leatherface killing the guy. Leatherface is in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. and she sees him there, and he's cutting off a finger. He's cut. He's pruning. He's basically pruning fingers. Yeah, it's It's pretty great. Delicious. He is gonna cook that shit. Then there's no other reason for him to be doing it. Yeah. And then she sees it. She starts freaking out. He just knocks her out. She wakes up in the basement. Once she let. Once he's let out, I guess he just starts doing all kinds of shit. Yeah. Because I guess he, he at some point dug up the grandma for some reason. That's never really established why. Same same thing. He was doing the same thing they were doing with grandpa. Oh, okay. You know what? That makes sense. That makes sense. Maybe just, you know, drip some blood into that mouth and they'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she wakes up. Heather wakes up in the basement uh, where Leatherface has got her friend chained up. And the other dude dead on the table. Yes. He starts cutting up the dead guy. She wakes up to it. She starts freaking out. He cuts that one dude in fucking half, yeah. and it's metal as shit. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah, he just walks up the other guy with chainsaw and cuts him literally in half. I think it's the most brutal actual chainsaw murder we've seen in this franchise. Yes. Um, because usually they cut away or just try not to show it all. But this one, it's just, they straight up show him cutting that guy in half. And it's not gory in the sense that the last couple were, in my opinion. I think it's fun, schlocky gore. Yeah. Honestly, some of the effects are bad in this movie, Mm -hmm, but they lead it to be fun as opposed to uncomfortable. Oh, and clearly, like, made for 3D blood spatters and stuff. Oh my god, there's so many lens blood splats. It looks horrible. It's very, very CG'd. Oh yeah. It looks like shit. Oh well, we'll get to bad CG towards the end of this movie. the worst CG I've ever seen (laughs) in one of these. So. Yeah, so she sees that and she manages to get away at least temporarily from Leatherface and now the chase begins. As you do. Mm -hmm. She runs all the way upstairs. She thinks she's safe for a moment. She sees a good old grandma. Granny. She's like, what the fuck? She runs outside. They're out there, but she's out by the graves now. She hides in open grave. Hides in open grandma grave. Yeah, open grandma grave. (laughs) After she trips down the fucking stairs and over the fence to the cemetery. Right. She be tripping. Bitch tripping. Bitch tripping. She she hides in this grave, which Mm -hmm. is not very smart, dummy. No. Dummy, you could have just went like... Leatherface knows he left that casket open. She closes casket. He instantly knows she's in there. And he begins 
sawing into it. Well, she's screaming away. In a, in a very made-for-3D scene where the saw is coming right at the screen. I would have liked to see this movie in 3D. Nope. When it came out. Well, you don't like 3D in general. Hurts my eyes. It hurts your eyes. I'm indifferent to 3D mostly, but like when it's a gimmick, I honestly appreciate it more. Because my problem with lots of 3D movies is it's just supposed to be like immersion based and there's no real flavor to it. Looks it's just there. Looks stupid. I feel like if you're going to do it, you better have some shit slinging at my face and it's about the theatricality of it. And that's what this movie does try to do at several points. But the problem is when you watch it in 2D, it's really obvious that that's what those moments are <laughs> and they don't work the same. But honestly, it led to a lot of laughs in this movie because of it's coming right at you and it looks stupid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. for sure. A lot of the blood spatter stuff looked horrible. A couple of the chainsaw ones looked bad. Like in a later scene where he's sawing through into a van. <laughs> There's two legendary ones, though. Yeah, absolutely. But Leatherface gets distracted because the two stop fucking long enough to come outside and go, what the fuck's going on? And then Leatherface directs his ire towards them. Runs at them, bitches, as they run back into the barn. Now, she has a gun for some reason. She, there was a gun. There was a shotgun in the barn. In the barn? Right. Okay. And then she says, welcome to Texas, bitch, and shoots at him. And Leatherface is just not where the bullet hits. Well, the Washington Nationals won the World Series. Thanks, Chusby News. I've been, I've been breaking a bunch <laughs> of news today. Well, I do care more about Terry Bogard than baseball, though, so right. sorry. Anyway, Leatherface just got the fuck out of the way, and Heather got in the van, and she drives the van into the barn, and they all gather in the van. Passes the keys over to Trey Songs to drive, which ends up being a very poor idea, because Trey Songs, as it turns out, not a very good driver. Uh, they get to the gate, and instead of waiting for the gate to open, he just decides to go full speed into the gate. This is a large metal estate gate and Trey songs just drives full speed ahead into it. And the car just gets wrecked. The gate doesn't move. And then they have to wait for the gate to open cars, barely starting Leatherface is chasing up to him, trying to saw through the fucking van, uh, and succeeds saws through their fucking tire as they get out the gate. And immediately in what is one of the funniest shots of this entire franchise. <laughs> Maybe that I've seen in a while. It's this shot of Leatherface watching them drive away, but then the car <laughs> veers and lands on its side and crashes into the woods. It's a comedy shot. It, it feels like. Because it makes it feel like they're getting away as Leatherface is looking at them for half a second and then they instantly crash. It's so funny. It's a comedy shot. I, we all busted out laughing. Yeah, it's happened. it's great because like Leatherface is just looking at it like you dumb shits, basically. Yeah. Amazing, loved it. So then, of course, he runs up on there. Trey Song's dead. Uh, the only ones left alive are the girls, but the not so final girl is about to uh, get captured and dragged back to the house by Leatherface, while Heather gets away. I think it's at this point that Heather uh, gets picked up by the cops. No, 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 no. 
I am forgetting what happened. He leaves her because this is important because it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah, Leatherface leaves one girl in the car. Right, because he's chasing once again. Alexandra's running away. They run into a fucking carnival. Yep, Leatherface at the carnival, baby. What? <laughs> I was ecstatic. I felt like they could have done more with this scene, more stupid shit. Leatherface should have just hit some random folks just on the way. Yeah. <laughs> just indiscriminately. Yeah. Some dude playing skee ball and like he's about to roll the ball. Leatherface cuts his arm off and he's like, ah, but then the arm goes up and lands in the like high scoring slot. <laughs> he's like, ooh, and then he dies. <laughs> Yeah, some dumb shit like that. Yeah. This movie's not a full-on farce, so it never tries to do anything too fucking silly like that. But I feel like it could have leaned into it more and been a lot better. Still enjoyable, though. Uh, there's a fun little moment where, like, there's, like, they run by a haunted house, and this person runs out dressed up as Jigsaw from Saw yeah. with the pig's mask, and they have this little tiny chainsaw. And they go up to Leatherface and go want to play a game. And then Leatherface just revs the actual chainsaw at them. And then they fucking get the fuck out of there. (laughs) And this all leads up to a cop aiming his gun at Leatherface. And Leatherface is just like, fuck you. Tosses his chainsaw at him. And it comes at us, the audience. The 3D shot. In 3D. Fuck. (laughs) This CGI chainsaw coming right for us hysterical anyway Leatherface just leaves after this point he just did it to distract the cop then he leaves clearly there must be someone following him right there was a billion people in this carnival now nah, he just gets away and goes right back to the house that he was already at but picks up the girl on the way meanwhile at least we can assume meanwhile Daddario is at jail Yep. Telling them their story. Well, gets, gets a new shirt. Yep. Um, I guess she decides to wear this shirt without anything else underneath it. Well, I'm guessing her bra got soaked in blood. That's yeah, I suppose. That's how you could justify it, I guess. But really I, they just wanted the oh, to bounce. Oh, oh, they can try to justify it any way they want. They just want bouncy boobs. Oh, yeah, they did. For sure. They got them. <laughs> but anyway... She's just, you know, distraught, and uh, they're trying to figure out what's going on. The sheriff and the mayor, same sheriff, and then that that mayor ends up being that one guy who pulled up next to the sheriff back in 74 to kill the Sawyers, and they send a guy to the Carson residence to go get Leatherface. This is a really extended segment that kind of just takes on a life of its own for no reason. Uh, This is James McDonald playing Officer Marvin. James McDonald has played a cop about 200 times in his career, according to IMDb. Like, literally every listing next to this guy in his filmography. Cop, 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 lieutenant, detective. <laughs> like, this is that guy's... He is who you hire when you want a cop. Right. But not a real cop. Yeah. Big <clears throat> cop, man. But still, cap. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this segment lasts way too long, but it's honestly kind of funny in what happens as a result. It's all build up. 
He's following the blood through the house. He's looking for Leatherface, looking for Leatherface, looking for Leatherface, detailing his findings with this like fucking like phone. FaceTiming him, dude. FaceTiming with him. Mm-hmm. It's good streaming quality. I'm surprised. Anyway, <laughs> for 2013, dude. Yeah. Wow. That's well, another reason it has to take place in 2013. 2013. Like, the iPhone 2. Yeah, dude. But yeah, that's another reason it has to take place modern day, because like, wouldn't wouldn't be able to do this scene in the 90s, I guess. Also, you could have probably just not done this scene at all. But we had like the iPhone 5S in 2013, actually, so it's not that bad. No, that's fine, I guess. But continue. <sighs> Fucking follows the blood all the way to the basement. Cooler. Opens Cooler. Girl pops out, kind of like half alive, frozen, kind of like, like in the first movie. Girl in first movie, but the twist: the cop gets spooked by it, shoots her in the fucking head, and she dies. Now she might have died anyway. Spooky, but man, fucking a cab, dude. Am I right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot first, ask questions later, and then, and then Leatherface is like, "Oh yeah, a cab," and then runs up and punishes the pig. Hell yeah, dude! All about slaughtering them pigs. Leatherface is. I don't condone it. Nah, fuck it, whatever. Anyway, uh, that guy dead, and then they're like, oh, this situation's fucked up. So the, the, we come at an impasse here. The mayor wants, I guess, to kill Alexandra Daddario because she's a Sawyer. She's one of them, and he's ultra hates this family. The sheriff is like, no, that's bullshit. You're not doing that again. You're not killing all of them. Maybe there was innocent ones. I don't know. They all seemed pretty willing to shoot with guns. But, you know, the one girl just had a kid and was like, please don't hurt me. And got murdered for her trouble. Well, the evidence doesn't really put them in a positive light. She sees these fucking, like, honestly, like, lynch mob-esque photos of them all standing outside of the burned Sawyer residence holding severed limbs and chainsaws and shit. Uh, and it makes it seem like they went and killed this family with for no reason or yeah, it's- punished them too severely. But, like, these are all murderous psychopath characters. Right, she doesn't technically know that much about it. I don't <laughs> yeah. think... Looks like that file was more about the lynch mob stuff than it was about. Yeah, which is strange because it's... Well, I mean, it does make sense the sheriff would have information on that. Right, more than anything else. That's what it looked like it was, but she kind of like learns a little bit about her family, I guess. The fact that they leave her in there with the evidence is hilarious to me. She looks through all this evidence and has all the time in the world to do so because it happens during this extended segment with the cop going through the Sawyer household, Carson household, sorry, just step-by-step for this 10-minute segment. She has all the time in the world to look at all the evidence she wants, and she runs the fuck out of there because she thinks that cop is going to kill her. And and he is. Uh, He's a psychopath just as much as anybody else in this Mm -hmm. fucking movie. Obsessed with killing all the Sawyers. Yeah, but um, honestly, and in stuff that actually happens in Leatherface, kind of like makes him have a justifiable vendetta and do in some respects. I'll get into that later. The continuity relations between those two movies are kind of weird. Yeah, they are. Very but they strange. do exist. So she runs into Clint Eastwood's son and uh is like, come on, you gotta help me. The sheriff Sheriff Hartman is gonna fucking kill me. 
spooky. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Smudge was in the window and I saw him and he was staring into my fucking soul. Smudge, Justin's cat. He's a good cat. Hey, buddy. Oh, he's looking at himself. He's not so spooky anymore. He looks mm-hmm. like a fucking idiot now. <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> Uh, oh, my idiot cat. Good boy. <laughs> He's licking the window now. What are you doing? <laughs> oh. How unfortunate. <laughs> uh, this is when we find out, uh-oh, Scott Eastwood, a bad guy. Uh-oh. And he's going to take her to the old butchery. Yep. And then Leatherface finds out about this on his fucking CB radio. <laughs> like, what, why does he have this? He just has a police scanner. And he took it from the from the dead cop. Okay. No, that makes sense more, I guess. Yeah. He hears on the radio that they're gonna be at the old, you know, meat plant. And he's like, meat? Got the word meats on the outside. Yeah, I'd, I'd like the idea that Leatherface just wants to go get some meat. As opposed to vengeance. But he is exacting revenge. He has this little uh, newspaper paper clipping of all the people everybody. that burned down the house. Yeah, and he's crossing off their faces one by one. Not to murder all of them. And uh, I was interested in that. That was kind of an interesting aspect. Vengeful leather face out for revenge. Nothing better to do than think about the, the revenge he was going to enact, I guess. Like sure. The 40 years he was probably there. Yeah. So he goes there and uh we got we got this scene. Alexander Daddario tied up, titties out. Not all the way out. Mostly out. Feels like they glued this shirt to her boobs cuz it feels like they should with the way that she's like fucking flailing all around. But uh they don't. Uh this is an interesting scene to talk about. According to an IMDb fact, and so take that with a grain of salt. Sure. <sighs> Alexander Daddario has a no nudity clause in her contract. She only broke that clause once for True Detective. I don't know how much HBO paid her to have titty in that. Probably a lot. She offered, apparently, to do this scene topless, and they said, no, that would be too gratuitous. And while I agree, is this not already too gratuitous? (laughs) Open shirt, side boob out, very creepy looking shit, was worried that something awful was going to happen. Thankfully, it didn't. Thankfully, nothing bad happened to her really at all. She lives and has no injustices forced upon her. But man, it gave me bad vibe. Man, it gave me bad vibe. That was very, uh, very unsettling. I'm, I'm kind of glad that she didn't give up uh, the goods, as it were, for something as stupid as Texas Chainsaw 3D. It's in a prestige program like True Detective. That's where you show the goods. You could see uh, Matthew McConaughey's dick in that movie. I'm just kidding. You can't do that. It's like a flat circle, though. Oh, he's a flat circle with a dick. <laughs> My dick's like a flat circle. I just realized that I'm referencing McConaughey while talking about Texas Chainsaw, and I didn't even think about the relationship between these two properties until just now. Yeah. Huh. It's there. 
weird. I wonder if they talked on set about being in Texas Chainsaw movies. They, I don't, I don't even know if they interact with each other. I don't. I, I think she's only just fucking Woody Harrelson, and that's all her character does in True Detective. Be funny if these two had a conversation about like, "Hey, I was in a shitty Texas Chainsaw movie." No shit, me too. High five. <laughs> God damn it. So anyway, anyway, she they're getting ready to execute her. Yeah, fucking, and then good old Uncle Leatherface shows up and gets well, her he's just gonna kill her first, but then like he sees the birthmark on her titty. Yeah, it's not really a birthmark; it's a burn mark. The burn mark from. The, the Sawyer necklace that her mother was wearing. Yeah. It has an S. It's like, apparently, that's probably like a family symbol or something, because he recognizes it. It's S for Sawyer. And he's like, oh, shit. The S stands for hope. She fam-fam. <laughs> and then he cut her down. Cuts her down, and then uh, bastards show up. Cop yes, and another cop. Uh, I'm pretty sure we don't ever see the son cop again. No, that's it. Um, We we don't get revenge on him. I'm wondering if they were saving that for some kind of sequel that never materialized. Because he literally just doesn't get any... Maybe maybe they set up a sequel where he goes on some kind of like vengeance quest because they killed his dad. Yeah, sure. I mean, mean, this almost happened. I'll talk about that in a bit in the prelude to the next movie we watched. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this scene's really fun because like they team up and kill these cops. Uh, she murders a dude with a pitchfork, and Leatherface kills the other guy after getting the shit kicked out of him. Um, <laughs> in in this insane CGI death scene where the dude is hanging over a spinning death trap of hell, these like, well, what do you call this thing? It's supposed to be like a... Like a grinder? Like a grinder, yeah. It's just on, I guess. This is an abandoned meat plant. But that's, turned it that's on. on. Yeah, that's available to just be turned on. Just this big, grindy man. Now, he's hanging on for dear life. You don't want to fall into this, but Leatherface saws his fucking arms off, and then he falls into that. And it all looks horrible. Oh, yeah. Well, he gets crunched up real good by that, and they show it, but, you know, it's just bad CG red jello. It's horrible. Looking ass. Horrible. Bad. Terrible CG. Bad. Absolutely so fucking hilarious, though. Oh, yeah. Enjoyable as hell. If it looked realistic, this would be horrifying and not fun. In in making it unrealistic, they actually went all the way back around to it being funny as shit. Right. The sheriff is here, and he kind of just lets this happen because he fucking hates these people anyway. And he just tells them to fuck off and clean this shit up, and he lets them go. Which I think is hella irresponsible. Yeah, not But th- fuck it. Not the smartest sheriff. <laughs> no. He could have just shot them both right there. That would have been a pretty dark ending to the movie, too. Yeah. That would have been interesting. But then you don't have sequel potential. Right, and that's what they wanted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so then, then uh, she, goes, she goes back home with Leatherface. Tries to touch his face, and he's like, get the fuck off me, bitch, and goes back in the basement. Um, and then she finally reads the fucking letter. Jesus Christ, you dumb shit. <laughs> we left out a part where she linked up with the lawyer at a bar, and he was like, well, did you read the letter? She was like, no. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you bitch, why didn't you read the letter? <laughs> fucking idiot. You would have found out all this shit before. So... 
this is an interesting segment. We, we get this narrated by Verna Carson, formerly Verna Sawyer. She is played by Marilyn Burns. That's right. The original final girl from Texas Chainsaw Massacre who played Sally Hardesty. Right. This would be her last film role. She would pass away the following year in 2014. It's cool that they brought all these people back for this just for one last time to get it out of the way. That's cool. Uh, while they still could. I'm glad that it at least happened once because for so much of this franchise, it's been about trying other things and ignoring that first film. Yeah. In terms of its cast. Like, mm-hmm. you know, all the times I have said that they tried to get Gunnar Hansen, and he was like, but money, though. And but, they were like, ah, well, yeah, fuck like, you, buddy. We'll just get someone who will do it cheaper. Right. Uh, they never do. Finally, they were right. able to give him some money and give her some money. She's credited this time. That's good. She wasn't fucking credited in four. Unknown or anonymous or whatever. It was unknown, I think. <clears throat> what stupid. Really stupid. What the fuck? There's also an archival shot of her in the paper when she's looking through the evidence. That's the one girl who escaped. Uh, leads me to believe that she had a far better fate in this timeline. Like, Sally didn't just go comatose and just, like, live in fear for the rest of her life in a coma. Or, like, just in an asylum or something. It seems like she was able to get away and live a life from that little clipping they showed. Because it's like an interview with Sally Hardesty. Uh, So that's nice. That's good. I would prefer that to happen after she went through all that fucking shit instead of just, like, her life being over at that point. I think that's less interesting, honestly. That's more dark and nihilistic. But it's not as interesting as her actually succeeding at getting the fuck away. Right. Um... Yeah, and then that's that's the ending to our movie is uh just I, <laughs> Heather finds out she's Edith Sawyer and that she is supposed to take care of Leatherface. He'll take care of you and protect you. You just gotta, you know, feed him and shit. And then they're just gonna live at that house. She ain't got nothing else, I guess. And, you know, her psyche may have been altered by this. Maybe she's kinda like leaning towards evil at this point just like Leatherface is, but it's not, it's not like a really a transformation that either makes entirely sense or is presented in the best way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It is what it is. It's kind of just like, I like the ideas of this movie, but yeah, the, that's, that's the thing. The execution is all over the place. Yeah. It, it's, it's either like really ham fistedly funny at times. And then at others, it is just looks stupid and dumb. And it does some dumb shit. Uh, but it's at the, the, big thing I could say about this one is at least it does something different. I really appreciated that after watching the remake and the prequel to the remake. Right. That and, was the low point for this franchise. This, this next one we're about to talk about, which holy shit, we are like two hours in about to talk about this one. Are we? Yeah. Oh, good lord. We a while on that one. Well, this one will be much faster though because there's, I don't think there's anywhere near as much to talk about. Well, let me wrap this one up real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Film received poor reviews. Are you surprised? What? 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy shit. But was a moderate success. Made $47.2 million on a $20 million budget. Uh, they barely advertised this thing, and it came out in Fuck You, It's January, and did well for a Fuck You, It's January film. Yeah, fuck you. A sequel was planned tentatively titled, oh, I would hope at least, Texas Chainsaw 4, which is confusing as fuck. Technically, there hasn't been a movie called Texas Chainsaw 4, but that implies that it follows the third one? 
which didn't even follow the second one. And then this would still take place in the same continuity as 3D. Right. So that's they, just really confusing. Wouldn't they call it 3, not 4? Well, the other one was 3D that just came out. I don't know. You can't really call call anything numbers in this franchise anymore. Jesus. It's all fucking scattered as shit. But there's disagreement between the studios on the direction the franchise should take. And that leads to our next film being a prequel instead. Leatherface. True sequel to 3D fails to materialize, so writer Seth M. Sherwood steps in. He pitches a prequel to Lionsgate in an attempt to avoid the Texas Chainsaw series' convoluted continuity. To put it lightly, it ends up confusing things further, in my opinion, because it's a prequel to the original and the second prequel in the franchise. So unless you're just watching them in the order they came out, you're going to be confused as to where to start. Mm -hmm. This came out most recently, but I guess if you wanted to experience the whole plot, you got to watch it first, then the original then Texas Chainsaw 3D, because that's the timeline we have established here. Yes. But I would recommend you don't watch this one. Just watch the first one. Just watch the first one. I can't really recommend any other film in this franchise. <laughs> Unless you want to laugh with some friends, you can watch 3D, or probably more realistically, 2. Yes. <clears throat> Leatherface starts with a very, very young Leatherface birthday. Happy birthday to you, Jedediah Sawyer, which also confuses things further. Little kid from the remake was called Jedediah Hewitt. And then I forget what Leatherface's real name was in that. I don't care. I don't remember or care. Apparently his name's Jed in this one. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. When there was already a Jed in this franchise. They, they get him a cake which looks like it has human remains in it. Hell yeah, dude. Meat cake. Meat cake. And uh, also for birthday present, kill this guy we have tied up over here. Yep. He don't want to do it. Can't do it. What a pussy. Roll credits. <laughs> so they have Grandpa do it, and I actually really liked this moment he because uh, he kills him in one hit. Grandpa's the best killer, as they've alluded to multiple times. Yes. And we finally, 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 eight movies into this franchise get to see him at work. You get to see Uncle Clint kill the Democrats with one swing. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Jesus Christ. Okay, so this is directed by Julian Mori and Alexander Bustillo. Two guys, they always direct together. They sign on because the script appealed to them as an original take on the franchise. I guess it is, but eh. Uh, they usually co-write and co-direct their films. They've directed uh, Inside, Livid, and Among the Living, of which I feel like the only critically acclaimed one, if you can call it that, is Inside. And even though it's a prequel, it takes place in 1965, except for that brief introduction. Yes. Well, and another brief scene that follows it coming up here. Uh, it shares continuity with Texas Chainsaw 3D, references Verna Sawyer and Carson, as well as the Hartman family. Uh, which leads us to this next scene, which jumps forward in time to Jedediah as a little bit older. 
And yes. uh, he's hiding as a dead cow on the road. It's weird. Like a big cow thing on his head. You got a girl and her boyfriend like making out while dude's driving. Dangerous. Hey. hey These hey, people's do names are actually weirdly important because the one is a uh, Hartman, the young girl. And the okay. guy that she's making out with is a Hardesty. That's Sally and Franklin's dad who drives away and leaves that girl to die. Oh. What a shithead. Um, he's never seen again in this franchise, but the girl who goes to look and gets uh, murdered is a uh, relative of the sheriff in our town, Similar or a Texas ranger in the town, daughter Hal Hartman, the guy's name. This dude, fucking Steven Dorf. Yeah. Also known as that motherfucker who's always trying to ice skate up hill. <laughs> God damn it. I can't not reference that. Obviously, he played uh, Frost in Blade 1. Yes. I think that's the thing I know him most from. Uh, I actually think he was pretty all right in this movie. He does well with what he's given to do. I suppose. Somewhat interesting, vengeful sheriff character. He was apparently based on, or at least intended to be a homage to, Lefty from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. But like maybe a more realistic interpretation of a vengeful sheriff character. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Uh, Now, this is where the continuity comes in. This character is the father... Of Mayor Burt Hartman from 3D. So, retroactively, this explains Burt's grudge against the Sawyers in that movie. They fucking killed his dad and his sister. (sighs) Now, they don't really mention that at all in either movie because they came up with this continuity after the fact of 3D and added it to this one. But, uh, I don't know. I guess it works retroactively. It gives him a... It fills in a plot hole. That guy hated the fucking Sawyers so bad. And it's never really explicitly stated why they killed his dad and his sister. He's not in this movie, but oh well. So, uh... Whatever. They kill this girl. Yeah. It's like, I think Nubbins ends up killing her. Yes, it is. Um, Drayton seems weirdly violent in this movie, even though he's supposed to be one guy he doesn't kill. Maybe he was forced to kill when he was a kid, and then when he grew up and had more say over the family, he doesn't kill. But I digress. It seems that he just enjoys it just as much as everybody else in this movie. Uh, But we don't see much of them for the majority of the runtime of this film anyway, so it's not a huge deal anyway. They drop a big old car engine on her ass. Yeah, they kill kill her dead. And then, oh, cops. Yeah, they come and they talk to uh, good old Verna Sawyer. Yeah. I mean, they killed his daughter. Right, so understandably. Justifiably angry. Yeah, so he's understandably losing his goddamn mind. And And he decides to uh, steal Jedediah, basically. I mean, he's legally allowed to do so by some... Thing, so some law, some law that lets uh, you separate kids from their families if their parents are fucked up, some kind of foster care system thing. Uh, it's 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 alluded to the fact that he's done this to several kids in the film. 
Yeah, which is fucked up. Yeah. This dude's kind of a piece of shit. Probably... Yeah, he's a, he's a piece of shit. But jaded from what happened to his daughter. That's why he starts locking up all the... Well, things. yeah, I think it works as a realistic interpretation of a psycho sheriff who's out for revenge. Uh, you know, Lefty is unhinged and hilarious. This guy is, you know, kind of chilling at times, but, you know... Still kind of out for a good cause. He wants to fucking kill the Sawyers. They're fucking terrible. Right. Makes sense. Um, you know, I, the gray nature of 3D and, and this one does intrigue me, but this one gets way more nihilistic than that as it goes on. Yes. So, so he takes Leatherface away. Not yeah. Leatherface yet. Just Jedediah Sawyer. Puts him in foster care, and that's when we really start this movie. Yeah. Chance for the future. Oh, God, sweet Jesus, we've been watching this movie for 25 minutes, and now the movie's finally starting. That's right, guys. Remember Halloween 1, by, directed by Rob Zombie, where a big chunk of the movie takes place in an asylum? Here we are. The origin of Michael Myers. I mean, Leatherface. Yeah. Yes. We get introduced to our lead female character, Lizzie, played by Vanessa Grasse, or however you say that. Grassy? Grasse. Tomato, tomato. Mm. You may know her from the hit film Robo Shark. Excuse me. Which we should watch. I bet that's a hit. Excuse me. Robo Shark. Robo Shark. Robo Shark. You Robo Shark. It's a shark. Uh huh. Also a robo. Whoa. Robo Shark. You need to calm the fuck <laughs> down, dude. Stop while you're ahead. <laughs> That's too much, man. Science has gone too far. We can't have robot sharks. Look what look what happened when Dr. Evil had the sharks with the lasers on their heads. You want to go a step further? What is wrong with you? Are you pulling out a fucking Austin Powers reference? I sure did, buddy. You fucking loser. Happy Halloween, baby. Happy Halloween. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. I just realized what you did. Yep. Oh... Groovy. <laughs> anyway, You're welcome. nurse is like, I want to help these patients. Director guy is like, fuck you. I'm an asshole. <laughs> He's Basically, this yeah. is Doctor Lang played by Christopher Adamson. Um, but don't worry, we won't be at this location for too long. Things get out of hand pretty quickly. She meets some of the characters that we will come to know in this movie. Um, by the way, this movie uh, doesn't have my favorite representation of uh, mental health that I've ever seen. It's really kind of a. Uh, I don't know, maybe exploitative? What do you think, Justin? What's your take on the way mental health is portrayed in this movie? It is movie? horrible. Yeah, it's not very good, is it? Now, I mean, it does take place in the 60s, so maybe they were trying to have a commentary on like how bad mental health services were back then. I'm sure they did some fucked up shit. I'm sure they did some shock therapy and some well, crazy again, bullshit. A common horror movie trope where the only mentally ill people in the movie are are the psychopaths. Right. Yeah. So let's go over who's here. You got Johnson, played by Sam Strike. Should we jump ahead, or should we just let the plot play out and then get to that later? What do you think? God, I don't know. Let's just jump to it later. Yeah. Okay. God, I have, no, I have no idea how to approach this shit show. Yeah, well, it's okay. 
I'll say this. It's really dependent on a twist. Yeah. Um, there's several psychopath characters here uh, that end up escaping this asylum at the uh, in a little bit here. And their intention was to make it not entirely... To make you not entirely sure which one was actually Jedediah Sawyer. Right. Uh, they rename all the kids when they come here for some reason to separate them from their family more, I guess, their criminal past mm-hmm. or what have you. So you have Johnson. He seems pretty nice and well-mannered, not that crazy. You have fucking uh, Sam Coleman playing Bud. Uh he is large and mute. Uh, probably that one, Leatherface. That would make sense, right? Yeah. Right? Right. Right? Right. Right. We got James Bloor playing Ike, the craziest person in this whole fucking movie. Uh, well, maybe except for this one. Uh, Jessica Madsen, who plays Clarice. So... This character was initially supposed to be an homage to Chop Top. Uh, Sherwood, the writer, is a fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. If that wasn't already apparent, basically made two characters be characters from that movie in a way. But they later developed her into her own character after it was determined it would seem like a ripoff rather than an homage. Uh the sheriff works in this respect. I, this character is completely different. They must have lost all aspects of this. Uh, several elements featuring this character's backstory were removed, such as the first time using fire for her to kill, as well as scenes de- detailing her obsession with flame. Uh, and due to the nature of the film's twist, the directors even toyed with the idea of teasing that Clarice could be Leatherface even, but decided against it. I think it's a pretty good idea. Yeah, that's, that's uh, good But idea. they were going to lean into that, like, oh, well, you know, maybe he is a girl. He wears the lipstick. And like, I'm so glad they didn't do that. Dear God. <laughs> right. Would have rolled my eyes at that shit. Um, she's probably the most psycho. I mean, her and her, like, sort of boyfriend are the most psycho people in this movie. Uh... Not the most, like, well-developed. They're kind of just, they exist, and that's it. Yeah. What? But they're memorable, at the very least. They're unpleasant. Very. I think they're well-acted, actually, fairly. Fairly. But it's okay. It, it's, uh, it's just weird that we have more psychopaths unrelated to the Sawyer family just being inserted into this lore... Yeah, and they, just for the fuck of it. Yeah, they just like cause havoc and push the plot forward, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, one day, Verna Carson, now Carson, formerly Sawyer, married Ben Carson by now, mm-hmm. shows up with her lawyer. It's it's Farnsworth, everybody. Yeah, that's right. Continuity. Yeah, wow. It's Farnsworth. And uh, she's like, I demand to see my son. Director Fuckwad is like, ha ha, LMAO, nah. And she's like, all right, fuck you. I'm going to go take a piss. But instead of taking piss, uh, tries to force her way into the facility. Yes. And this causes a full-scale riot, basically, for some reason. 
She causes hella chaos. Yep. Uh, just by, like, I don't know. Opening gates she wasn't supposed to. Yeah, and then, like, people are able to escape, and, like, the lights are going out, and, like, people are dying left and right, and it's very violent and fucked up. Uh, Clarice goes and kills a girl she was trying to fucking feed a mouse to earlier. Uh, Oh, and then she links up with her boyfriend, and they start fucking in the hall while all this craziness is going, and then he pushes her the fuck down and forces her to give him the head... While all this is going on, and he goes like, makes a dumb face. I'm a uh, <laughs> What a lovely film this is. Yeah, baby, suck the go-gurt out my tube. Oh, it's not fucking Daryl, <laughs> the yogurt king. The yogurt. <laughs> Nobody tops Daryl's yogurt prowess, okay? He does not use go-gurt like a fucking scrub. Do you really think that magical man... Eat some fucking yo play gogurt. He's eating that yo play Greek. <laughs> Daryl eat that shit that has Oreos on the top of it that you dump into the yogurt. He's like, Don't play crunchies. with me. Ooh, crunchy. <laughs> I hope this person's house I'm stealing spoons from has some yogurt. Ooh. <laughs> he doesn't need to steal the yogurt. He's packed with it. He he is yogurt. Well, this is a weird side jaunt we're on. But anything not to talk about. Blowjob in a mental asylum. Right, let's get past that. So, we have Nurse Girl, uh, who's also mixed up in all this. She's almost murdered by someone, and uh, Johnson, or Jackson, Jackson or whatever. comes in and saves her. Yes. And they get... And he's friends with Bud, who is bullied by Ike. Uh, But then they all end up escaping together, slash get kidnapped by these two psycho characters. They kind of kidnap Bud. They tell Bud, hey, get in, buddy. We owe you. Yeah. He's like, okay. Well, yeah, because so Bud is supposed to be getting shock therapy at the moment, and then Ike is next. Uh, But then the power goes out, and Bud gets free from his restraints and kills the cops who are there or the directors or whoever yeah, who are there and let's hike out and he also goes upstairs and kills the uh director in a bit of revenge wow it's almost like he's the lead psycho with the most development here that's interesting probably because he's leatherface yeah yeah probably yeah. um he I mean, he gets the kill on the lead director man makes sense to me anyway then they all escape uh, slash get kidnapped, and as they're driving away in a car, uh, a random person in a wheelchair crashes through the window and dies. It's just complete. Yeah, random. it's very random. Couldn't help but laugh at it. Cops investigate it the next day, and they're like, wow, this is fucked up. Anyway, and then they go through the records, and they find out, like, oh, Sawyer Boy was here. We've got to track him the fuck down because that guy is still out for fucking revenge. He has a vendetta and he's going to fucking fulfill it. This is where we're introduced to another character, his partner cop, I suppose. Uh, this is Finn fucking Jones as Deputy Sorrells. That's right, Finn Jones. He played Loris Tyrell on the Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and also... Iron Fist on a fantastic show that everyone loved, Iron Fist. Which is great. I wanted to die. (laughs) 
Have you? Did you watch Iron Fist? Yeah, I, I didn't finish the first season. I couldn't finish it. Oh, you and a bunch of people, buddy. Yeah, dude, I fucking hated it. And I'm a person who loves, like, I really like Iron Fist. I like the character of Iron Fist, yeah, yeah. especially, like, Matt Fraction's run. That's a and, good run. Yeah, and god damn it, that, that show sucked ass. Yeah, it's a shame, because Marvel could have did something cool with that character, and now they're going to have to wait a long time, because the name of the brand has been sullied yeah. by that show. Right. Same with Inhumans. Uh-huh. Both helmed by uh, Scott Buck. Send your hate mail to Scott Buck. He also wrote the end of Dexter. Jesus well, Christ. Well, he show ran the last season of Dexter. Yeah. Well, I don't know about I mean, wrote. Every episode of the last season of Dexter is trash, so take that. What <laughs> Talented you man. Yeah. One of the worst people in show business. Right. <laughs> Anywho, not Finn Jones's fault, though. None of it's Finn Jones's fault. No. I think he's a pretty fine actor when he wants to be. Um, he's okay in this movie. He just doesn't have a lot to do. His role is that of... I'm good cop working with shit cop while I am appalled by things shit cop does. Steven Dorff's character. And that's about it. So. Yeah, what we have here for the next, what is it, goddamn like half hour of this movie. Oh, it's a road trip film, Juzby. Yeah, so it starts with them getting on the car. They show up at a diner and you get this scene that kind of starts out like kind of doing a little bit of a Pulp Fiction thing where you have... The dude and his girlfriend, I get his girlfriend sitting in the bar, sitting in the restaurant. And then, like, yeah, and then the other, the other uh, two as well. And, you know, maybe there's a bit of a romantic side plot with Jackson and the kidnapped nurse, Lizzie. Uh, he doesn't want her to die. And they're kind of flipping about it. They're like, ah, we'll just kill everybody if we feel like it. And we'll just keep on trucking. And then they just decide to just fuck shit up and kill everybody in this fucking diner. Yep. For some reason. stealing everybody's money and just shooting people. Yep. And so then they they go to a scene. And uh, this, this scene is really Sucks. fucked up and presented in a way that is fucked up. Uh, and it's really atonal because it's playing this, like, you know, fucking country rock kind of song that, like, suggests that this scene is, like, fun. But it is the opposite because it is really fucked up. There's a fucking death in this movie that is chilling as fuck. Where Ike aims a shotgun at this fucking poor waitress who fucking has a single tear and just closes her eyes. And then he shoots her point blank in the head as blood spurts up. And it is fucking gritty and fucked up as shit. And it's all while this stupid fucking southern rock shit is playing. I really don't understand what they were going for with this no, scene. A complete misfire on all fronts. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Garbage scene. Yeah. Garbage. For real. If they wanted it to be goofy, they could have shot it in a different way. If they wanted it to be chilling, well, I guess it could have been exactly the same, except without the music. Right. I, the music really fucking bugged me. Yeah, for sure. Then they just fucking drive away, but not before a guy who is half dead sees them uh, drive off in a car. And they drive to a uh, abandoned trailer. Well, there's a dead guy in it. Hanged himself. I don't know. Would you count this as a kill in the movie, or is he is he dead already? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. Whatever. He died at some point. Right, yeah. He'd been there for a while. He died so they're just earlier. they're just like, haha, we'll sleep in here with the dead body? Okay. Whatever. Who cares? 
Um, then we get uh, possibly the most fucked up scene in this movie. Sex scene. The sex scene between Clarice and Ike. Uh, Clarice, you know, fucking him, riding his ding dong. Uh, and then we see the front of her, and she's badly burned. Yeah. Has a lot of scarring. And this is kind of strange because they cut out all of the stuff about her obsession with fire. So this just kind of happens and is a thing. And, like, we have no backstory for it. It's just there. Okay. So it's just like, oh, God, all right, she has scarred titty. But then the sheen, the, the sex scene shifts perspective, and he's fucking her from behind, and she's on top of the fucking corpse that was in the fucking trailer that they found and she is like enjoying it and like riding that corpse as if she's fucking that corpse and she's licking his lips and shit uh it is disgusting and unnecessary and really unnecessary because these characters don't really go anywhere and yet here is a fucking borderline necrophilia scene in this movie just just to be depraved for depravity's sake, I guess. Thanks, Leatherface, the movie. Yeah. Um, God, I'm starting to miss the Sawyers. All they did was eat people. Fucking God. They didn't fuck them first. <laughs> Get the right. fuck out of here. Uh. So then you have... Uh, it, it's, night, yeah, it's, it's nighttime. They fuck. They fall asleep. And you have Bud, who is on Night Watch. He's on patrol, circling the trailer. Right. Nurse girl wakes up. She's like, I'm going to get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, notices that, that that Bud like walked right past where he could see the door. She sprints out the door and starts running away. Uh, she gets caught by Ike. Yes. And he's like, what the fuck? And then berates Bud and berates everybody else. Well, first, doesn't he, like, doesn't he try to do something to her yeah it's kind of suggested that he's gonna maybe rape her and like clarice is like ultra jealous of her because it's like oh you had to pick a fucking hot nurse to kidnap and not me she's ultra jealous uh but he tries to insist that it's it's not about that or whatever but then in this scene it clearly seems like he's like has no loyalty to clarice right uh he's just a fucker but so is she. Like, am I really worried about their personal relationship no, here? God, no. I do not give a fuck movie. And and the movie doesn't even seem to give a fuck because that's never really brought up again. Jackson kind of tries to convince them to keep her alive for now. And, like, Ike insists that he has a plan. We're not going to kill her yet. Uh, he's really mean to Bud. He's like... I don't know why God made you or whatever. Yeah. Some fucking really harsh line. Man, Leatherface gonna kill that guy. Hey, Leatherface does kill that guy. Bud is really pissed off at Ike and decides to fucking curb stomp his ass like it's American History X up in this shit. And, uh, boom. Yep. Fucking Ike's dead. Fucked. Honestly, and, I have no choice but to stand Bud. I mean, right. like... And he falls <laughs> on the corpse. Ike sucks. <laughs> yeah, he just sleeps on corpse. Weird. I like Bud. I mean, it, it makes sense. He's going to grow up to be Leatherface. He's a simple killer. It's fine. It all makes sense. Everything makes sense. Yeah. Everything's f- fine. Anyway, everybody wake up. 
Calrissian, like, where the fuck's Ike? Uh-oh. The cops are about to show up. And then they do. Uh-oh. It's the cops. They gotta run away. But they capture Clarice, I believe. Hartman. And, uh, Iron Fist. Yeah, so he, yeah, so they capture Clarice while the others are hiding. Yeah. They notice what's going on, and they're like, okay, we're getting the fuck out of here. They go and hide. Don't they go hide in a fucking cow carcass? Yeah, well, that's after. Okay. They, uh, they're just hiding up in the hills, watching oh, what's, what's going on. Oh, I just want to bitch about that scene. It's coming. It's <laughs> oh, coming. I'll bitch about it. Let's <laughs> so... Yeah, so so they're they're take they're questioning her. Yeah. Assuming that she knows where everything is, and she's not responding. She doesn't give a fuck. And so they they bring her by this by the trailer that they were all they were all in. And then he just fucking shoots her. Well, she mocks his dead daughter That's and right. that and fucking then he shoots her. sets him off and he just shoots her. But you know, honestly, uh good on Sheriff Hartman for just shooting this despicable character you know i have no choice but to stand i have no choice but to stand like whatever just fuck it shot a serial murderer in the head whatever i mean he's not a good cop he's a psycho but getting shit done dude fuck it finn jones is appalled you know because he's pussy iron fist uh but anyway (laughs) uh so they escape they're running from the police they eventually hide in a big-ass cow carcass it's dumb. All right, so one cow, pretty big. Is it big enough to hold three people inside They'd of it? They'd have to be like in each other, probably. Gross. Mm-hmm. Now, let's look at the size of these people. They're not very big, besides one person. Oh, Bud is fucking huge. Yeah. And he fits in that cow. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Also, why does this movie have multiple scenes where people get inside of animals? Like it's fucking Freddy got fingered or something. I gotta get inside of the animal. <laughs> Jesus. Look at me. I'm a farmer, daddy. <laughs> Look, daddy, I'm a farmer. <laughs> now that is a gritty horror film. <laughs> <laughs> they get out. They're all covered in blood and shit. They kind of like stumble over to a creek. They clean themselves yeah. up and they go to leave. Lizzie decides to scream at a cop car because yeah. she's had enough of this shit. I can't necessarily blame her. They're covered in blood. She's had a rough time of it. You know, she don't need to be part of this shit. She's innocent and all this. Uh, but Jackson doesn't want to get captured by the police. And he doesn't want Bud to get captured by the police because he he's really good friends with Bud. He knows Bud is misunderstood and... You know, only really kills people because they provoke the fuck out of him. Uh, So now they're walking up to this... And Bud just decides to walk up towards the cop for some reason. And he gets shot and killed. Yep. Gets a bullet in his And that is when we have the realization that this movie is stupid. And was just trolling you the whole time. And then things start to happen pretty rapidly to... Prove the point of whatever this fucking movie was going for. The yeah, whole so this this I could rapid fire this shit real fucking quick. Yeah, so we have so Bud gets killed. Uh, Jackson freaks out, runs up, kills the cop. Right, they get in the car and they drive away. Yeah, they, they get they get handheld behind them. The sheriff gets up behind them, starts shooting at them. Uh, hits he Jackson. shoots through the window, shoots Jackson's fucking face off. He looks like the fucking Joker. 
<laughs> got yeah. a smile on his face. Right. Bloody as fuck. And then car crash. Well, then, yeah, a bullet, a stray bullet also kind of grazes uh, the nurse girl. Yeah. And then it makes her crash the car. And she wakes up in Sheriff Hartman's, or Texas Ranger Hartman, or whatever, uh, in his fucking vehicle. She gets on the radio and calls Vin Jones, who we know is a good guy, and says, hey, I'm in Sheriff Hartman's car. I don't know. And he's like, oh, I'm coming to get you. But then we cut to him going to talk to the fucking Sawyer family. And he's like, hey, I tipped you guys off about where your son is being held. You guys going to give me that money? Verna pulls out a giant wad of cash and throws it at the ground. Uh, but then they just kill him anyway. They feed him to pigs. They feed him to pigs. Yeah, A-cap. So pretty, pretty gruesome scene. Pretty A-cap scene. <laughs> it's Drayton and uh, Nubbins lowering him into the, the pit. Yeah. Um, uh, Drayton assisted in that kill. Is it? Is, is killing only... Do you have a stomach for killing or not, Drayton? Probably Make up your fucking dude. mind. Might have when he was younger, dude. I don't know. It's inconsistent. Yeah, it is. Uh, Texas Chainsaw. What the fuck do you expect? It's like they didn't remember what character they were writing. What? Yeah. <laughs> Why would they do something like that? <laughs> so. Yeah, so we find out that that fucking good old Sheriff Man has both. He's back at that barn where his daughter fucking died. Yep. He's got Jed. Yep, that's Jed. That was Jed the whole time. Chained up. Explains it to Lizzie and the audience. Um... I understand what they were doing, but I question why they decided to go at it this way, where it's a twist who Leatherface is. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Like well, that. it also, like, because they have this dead ringer for Leatherface character, yeah. large boy, mute starts killing people maybe friendly but maybe the dark path leads him to it but then he dies so it has to be jed and it just really the actor does what he can he does a fairly good job in my opinion but honestly i i don't buy this kid becoming leatherface He's probably the kindest person in the movie, and then just, like, I'm led to believe that there wasn't anything mentally wrong with Leatherface. He just had a traumatic incident and then completely shut down mentally? Yeah, I guess Is so. that what's supposed to happen? I think that's what they were going for. I, I mean, like, I, I guess. I mean, there's elements of him becoming more rage-filled, and he is yelling at Lizzie earlier in the car about how she's just like all the rest and fuck her and everything, yeah. despite being in love with her for the rest of the movie. But... Doesn't make legitimate sense. It really doesn't, you know... Are you really telling me that Leatherface back in the day was flirting with a girl at the mental institution and had was very verbose and could speak? Like, it doesn't work necessarily as well as I think they think they thought it worked. Yeah, sure. Uh, it, they, th I, they thought they were being clever here. Yep, that's And it just kind of comes off hollow and it doesn't work. Yeah, I don't like it one bit, actually. 
it, it's not good. The actor does what he can do. He even begins to imitate some of uh, Gunnar Hansen's uh, movements and tics that he performed as Leatherface when he's, uh, you know, fully embraces the character of Leatherface. But they make it such a snap transformation, uh, Dr. Jekyll, Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, if you will, yeah. that it's like, it's really just unbelievable. And like, if it was stemming from the Bud character, it might have made more sense. But they wanted to not be obvious, and they wanted yep. it to be a twisty oh, twi- twist. Oh, look, a twist. And they, they did it all right. They twisted. To hide the twist, they hid elements that were in the script that involved Jed being adopted by a foster family and forced to live as a little girl instead of a boy. And that was dropped maybe to hide the twist, maybe because it was stupid. Yeah, you know, either one. Either You don't have to lean that hard into the he wears lipstick aspect. I think he's just really confused. And I don't think he's confused in like a gender way. I think he's just a simple person. Right. And he just thinks that like, oh, I'll put on my lipstick and do the laundry or whatever. <laughs> like right. he doesn't like really think about it in terms of his identity. Yeah. At least according to what I've seen from all of these movies. Right. Uh I don't think Leatherface is smart enough to know gender politics. <laughs> He's not smart enough to know anything really. Right. Uh this movie ends with basically them just doing like a bookend where they show Leatherface becoming Leatherface. The he- Sawyers they give him chainsaw. He kills the. They capture the cop who's about to torture him, and they save him. And they right. Verna sews his face back together and gives him the chainsaw and goes, "Yeah, all right, you're gonna get your revenge." And he kills Sheriff Hartman in a very gruesome death scene. Uh, shout outs to Stephen Dorff for portraying it pretty well. Um, very gruesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, then they Lizzie go after, runs out and escapes, and yep, they go after her. I mean, all of them are running after her, but obviously Leatherface is the one that catches up to her, and she begs and pleads and goes, "I know you're still in there, Jackson." And then he just cuts her fucking head off with the chainsaw. Kind of took me back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, not in a good way. You know, it reminded me of the nihilistic ending of that movie, where like your final girl kind of had a chance to escape and then it's just all brought back crashing down back to earth and leatherface just kills her uh i mean this one is more effective admittedly but it's still it is what it is and then we get the final scene in this movie which i think is the only aspect of this entire plot thread of this character that isn't leatherface becoming leatherface that actually is a good scene uh, him putting on the mask for the first time with uh, unfitting music playing actually works really well. Yeah. It's a really effective, creepy, well-made scene. That's actually one of my favorite in the entire franchise, to be honest. This scene is better than most of the movie. You could tell they thought about this part pretty early on. Uh, it works really well. Yeah, for sure. But the rest of the movie is quite the mixed bag and more towards the bad side for sure. 
it is a pretty movie. It's oddly like Terrence Malick looking. Yeah. With like lots of outdoor, you know, magic hour kind of looking scenes. Uh, Sherwood, the writer, was oddly enough also a fan of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Uh, the first film titled Leatherface, uh, and said it influenced his script. This is his quote. The original Leatherface, Chainsaw 3, took the idea of the backwoods isolation of the original and exploded it tenfold. I always think of the locations of this film, the scrub brush-filled badlands and remote roadside outposts, as feeling like another world, a dark fairy tale land in some way. I filled my story with similar locations to hopefully capture a similar vibe. I don't know, dude. Why are you trying to make it like the shittiest one? I don't understand the Definitely mentality. Not the shittiest one, not, the shittiest one, but the not a good one. one. Right. Not a good one. Chose a pretty boring one to base his entire it's, idea of the scenery on. It's no good. For um, the original no script was toned down. It originally ended with a mass murder scene where Leatherface uh, kills nearly thirty people. Jesus. And uh, yeah, that would have been some fucking bullshit. There would have been no point. The directors felt this was too over the top and requested to be changed. I don't well, no shit, like buddy. the twist aspect of it, but him killing like the one. I understand what they were going for. I just don't think it works. No, not at all. It that's... him killing like the girl he was interested in because it's like the last shred of his humanity, as Whatever. it were. Yeah. I get it. It's really obvious, but it, it doesn't really work. Uh, filming took place in Bulgaria, of all places. Weird. Uh, mainly due to budgetary reasons, but this makes it the only Texas Chainsaw film to be filmed outside of the U.S. Most of the others were filmed in Texas, except for TCM3, filmed in, uh, California, uh, near a theme park, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, the film was intentionally made graphic, and this confused me, uh, reportedly due to complaints regarding a lack of gore in Texas Chainsaw 3D. We watched that movie, and it has quite a bit. Yeah. That it, dude gets cut in half, and it's pretty... It's the most, I mean, it's not the most realistic gore, yeah, and honestly, that makes it fun. It's the most gruesome death scene to probably any of the franchise. Yeah. Um, now, I just said for 3D, they rebuilt the Sawyer house. They fucking rebuilt it again for this movie to be the Sawyer house in this movie. God. Like, I, at some point, they should probably just build one permanently and then just film all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies there. Because, you know, they're going to make another eight. <laughs> like, there's no fucking way they don't. Right. So... The film was supposed to come out in 2016, but despite being finished by then, was delayed for unknown reasons. Uh, Sherwood decided to look on the bright side and take advantage of the situation. Quote, In a strange way, I started to romanticize the idea. It became some legendary lost film. It would be coveted, something spoken about, something people would try to contrive, some way of seeing, something that would show up on a tired, unused media at a convention in 50 years. Get your head out of your ass. You wrote Leatherface. Yeah, I'd like to see it in a toilet. (laughs) Funny story. 
A film titled Leatherface was released in January 2017 on DVD and Blu-ray in the UK. The cover featured a chainsaw-wielding masked psycho, but, uh... Was not this movie. It was a sneaky repackaging of a film called Playing With Dolls! Bloodlust. Uh... I don't know how that's legal, but that happened, and a lot of people complained because a lot of people bought it because they knew that this movie existed and it was eventually going to come out. People thought it was this movie, bought it, different movie. I don't know which movie's better. Maybe people got lucky and got a good movie instead of this. (laughs) So the film finally releases... In September of 2017, limited theatrical engagements and video on demand on the first day. Critical response was higher than last time, but not great. 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, It took so long for the film to come out that Lionsgate lost the rights to the franchise in late 2017. So here's the future of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. In August 2018... It's announced that the rights have been purchased by Legendary Pictures. Uh, Fede Alvarez, uh, the director of the Evil Dead remake, Don't Breathe, and The Girl in the Spider's Web, is producing a future entry. Uh, No word on if he'll direct it yet, but that seems to be the intention. But apparently he may instead be making a, I shit you not, I don't know how this project is real, a film adaptation of the video game adaptation of Dante's Inferno. You know, that game that everyone forgot existed. With the titties? Fighting Satan's dick. Satan with the big old dick. I think schlongs around. Dick swanging. It schlongs around. It's very interesting. And that's this series. Uh, Before we go, I guess we'll just discuss the overall... fucking experience we had which was poor it was garbage this is the worst <laughs> series we've watched on the get and jub show there's but two tolerable movies in this one is one that's one of the best movies ever made and another that's that's pretty good and then the rest of them are just shit right yeah well we'll save our actual ranking for the end of the episode our official get and jub says this one good and this one bad ranking right uh, let's do some fun stuff real quick, yeah. if you're up for it. I know sure. we've been running long, but hey, it's a big Halloween spooktacular. Yeah, yeah, let's run through a couple things, and then we'll, we'll, we'll finish it We'll off. close it out. Right. Um, let's rank the leather faces. Who's the best and who's the worst? I know what my opinion is, but I want to see if you agree. Do you want to go best to worst or worst to best? Let's go best to worst. I think it's easier that way. Okay, well, yeah. Well, obviously, fucking Gunnar Hansen, Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre 1 nobody is the best. Close. No one came close. Ooh, God. Careful. I kicked the table. All right. I am the table. In my opinion, the second best one is the one in 3D. Yes. Uh, I liked Grandpa Leatherface. He was great. His he was a big, sweater. imposing figure. He had a grandpa sweater. That's my pick for the second one. I agree. Number three. I'm kind of having second thoughts about my ranking here. I would say fucking dickhead Andrew Brianarski, actually. Although those movies yeah. are shit. He does a fine he, enough job. He does a fine enough job. Um, It's not his fault that those movies are shit. No. I mean, he's kind of like a dickhead with the whole Gunnar Hansen controversy. But 
In terms of his performance, he is an imposing, threatening, scary Leatherface. Uh, they go too far with having the uh, scarred face, or like he looks like fucking Red Skull or whatever the yeah. fuck it was. But I think he's the easy number three. Yeah, sure. Who's after that? I said uh, four. One and four. I said the one in three. One in three. Okay. The one in three is great. Yeah, that's right. He's an imposing figure. I like the design of the one in three. He also he types writes F-O-O-D. food. O O D. Enter. Yeah. Right. Um. And then I guess uh, this is where we get. Can you rank the one in the movie we just talked about? Because he doesn't even become Leatherface until the end. I mean, he does an okay job at the end of the movie, but I feel like the whole twist really soured his. Yeah, I don't even know if I'd rank him. Presence. I think I'm going to leave him off the list. Yeah, he's not even really He's not Leatherface, really, until the final moments of the film. The very end of the runtime. Yeah, I don't um, count it. I'm just not going to count it. So then next up would be a pretty obvious Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 one. He was really goofy, and he did a dumb chainsaw dance with the chainsaw above his head, and he's humping girls with chainsaws, and he's, you know... That one was stupid. Yeah. And the performance wasn't great. I recognize that the movie's a dark comedy, and overall, I think that one's going to rank high in our listing, but he, the Leatherface himself was goofy in that movie. Yeah. Not in an enjoyable way. And then, yeah. uh, then the final one is the one from Next Generation. That he's, one fucking sucks. It's the worst one. That one fucking sucks. He's fucking screaming more than the final girl in that movie. <laughs> Makes no sense. And speaking of which... Let's rank those. The final girls. Um, best to worst still? Yeah. I don't remember. I barely remember any of these people. I wrote them down. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'm going to lean towards the one in the original, Sally. Yeah. As the first it. one. I'm going to give credit here where credit is due. That's like the first final girl. E- even predates right. fucking Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. Yes. Uh, that's important for film history. I got to give credit where credit's due. Absolutely. Her, she doesn't have a whole lot to her character, but her performance is fucking fantastic the, and sets the bar yeah. for fucking final girls and scream queens in movies to come, horror right. movies to come. Mm-hmm. Like, not a lot of people live up to that fucking true, actual fucking terror. Her fuck, The close-ups of her eyes. Are the word. No, they're, they're so fucking chilling, themselves. dude. Yeah. Um, the best. And then after that, it's a it's a big plunge downward. It's a mishmash. Because man, the leads of these movies are very, very not great. Um, in my opinion, the second Stretch. one is Stretch yeah. from Two. Mm-hmm. I, she's at least a character. Right. Kind of has a couple funny moments. Kind of interesting. Has a good moment at the end of the movie where she kills Chop Top. That's all I can really say about it. She's not a fantastic character, but, you know, I think uh, Caroline Williams did an okay job. Yeah, she did fine. It's fine for a spoof, Yeah, sure. basically. Then I would, I would probably go Heather from 3D, and I think that tells you the amount of quality that we have left here. Yeah, it gets so much worse. Because she yeah. is an idiot who's tripping and hiding in bad places, but... I'm going to give her credit for having the twist at the end. 
Having the balls to go with it. And having the balls to go with it. And also, I'm going to give her credit for being uh, really stunning for a 40-year-old woman. That's that's quite an achievement. Uh, <laughs> and uh, right below that, I would have, uh, you know... Aaron from the remake, Jessica yeah. Beale. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking Jessica Beale's an idiot, but this character is better than several on the list because she's a little more capable. She gets the kill on Arlie Ermy at the end. I think that's at least partially a positive. <clears throat> she's above 500. <laughs> yeah. Let's say that. That's fine. Uh, below that, Renee Zellweger, Jenny from next generation oh, okay yeah um i like how she claps back she claps back but in terms of being a character she's like not really all there but honestly that's the least of the problems in that fucking oh, yeah, movie yeah, yeah. uh i think she's an okay character uh and then these are the three really shitty ones in my opinion um i don't know I- i'm debating I have it going Michelle from three, which is just like literally who you don't even remember anything about her. Yeah. But she at least gets the kill on one of them at the end. And then Chrissy, who's Jordana Brewster in the beginning, she has next to no character and then ends up fucking dying at the end of the movie. So boo. And then the other one that dies at the end of the movie, I got Lizzie from Leatherface at the bottom. You could probably argue for her to be higher because that movie is a little better than the beginning and maybe even better than three. Yeah, but she's like fucking useless. But she doesn't really do anything. She's um, barely a final girl. Barely a final girl. It's also debatable if you should list it because of the function of that character, but I guess it's a final girl. <clears throat> I'd put her at the bottom. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I agree with that whole list. That's about as accurate as All right, that's fine. Then here's one we can, uh, we can argue about. Be fun. Top 10 Psychos. Not named Leatherface. Because I think Leatherface comes in many incarnations and would probably yeah. dominate the list anyway. Because, right. like, you know. So my criteria was they can't be Leatherface, but, you know, I can't list multiple versions. Like, I can't list Drayton Sawyer multiple times. Gonna I'm going to go with, once? like, one singular character, all of his appearances taken into consideration. Right. And, and with that, number one is Drayton Sawyer. Uh, not in my opinion. Really? But I'll go through it. Uh, at the bottom of the list, I have Tex from three. Uh, granted, there's not a lot to work with when you stretch it out to ten. Right. I liked that Tex was Vigo Mortensen, and it was funny to me that he existed. It It was funny that Aragorn was a psychopath. I liked that he seemingly had a daughter. Although apparently that's supposed to be Leatherface's daughter. I found that out way after the oh. fact. Uh, that's fucked up. Don't like it. Don't like it. Bad touch. No. Okay. Uh, but he kind of like had an interesting vibe where he's like pretending to be this like cowboy man. Yeah. Wants to be called Tex. Don't not call him Tex. He'll get mad at you. Uh, and then he got lit on fire and that was fun. I thought he was decent, but he's at the bottom of the list. Right. Right above him. In two spots, I have the psychopaths from Leatherface. They're disturbing, and they're fucked up, and they're not entirely fun to hang out with for the majority of that film, but they are really memorable. Yeah, they're very imposing. I have Ike at nine and Clarice at eight. Sure. Because I think she's slightly more fucked up, 
I mean, that dead body scene is gross and unnecessary, but I won't forget it anytime soon. Nope. Uh, and I think that's enough to make give them the edge over Tex because he does less interesting things. Right. Most interesting thing about him is it's fucking Aragorn. Uh, <laughs> at seven, I have another character from three, which is Alfredo, who admittedly is barely a character, but he made me laugh. And it was a time I needed to laugh because I was watching the boring-ass Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Right. He, uh, you know, sings a song where he's like, You motherfuckers don't tell me how what I should do. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, He's fucking useless and stupid, but enjoyable. Right above him, I put fucking Darla from Next Generation. I guess it's debatable if you would call her a psycho or not, but she... It has to be at least somewhat crazy to align herself with this house of fucking she, she counts horrors. Sure. I mean, like, the reason I give her a spot at all is that fucking drive through scene. Oh, yeah. That drive through scene is hilarious where, you know, just, just ordering a pizza, flirting with cops. There's a body in the back. Who gives a shit? Uh, she has a lot less agency later on in the film when Vernon takes over and you'll see him higher as a result. But, uh... I found her somewhat entertaining. A different take on a psychopath character in this franchise. Yeah. Above her, at number five, I got Sheriff Hoyt from the remake in the beginning. As shitty as those movies are, he's still a pretty effective and scary character at times. Yeah. Uh, not much more scary than a fucking cop, right? Haha. <laughs> a cab. We'll keep saying it until we die. I don't give a shit. Um... <laughs> I mean, those movies suck, so I still can't justify putting him higher than five. Like, fuck it. Fuck it. They could have done more interesting shit with him, too. Four, I got Vernon. He... Matthew McConaughey, off the fucking rails, loved him. The boo with the fucking... <laughs> What a madman. I loved it. Oh, man. I loved it. I, there's there's almost a little too much of it in that movie. But, man, it's hard to complain. No, I, It's so fucking stupid so and fun. It's so stupid that it's fun. Yeah, I can't complain. And then that. I got the people from the original at three and two. Nubbins, who isn't named until fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 after he fucking dies. And Drayton Sawyer, much the same, not named until Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Okay. You gotta give <clears throat> some appreciation to the originals. I like Nubbins a lot. The Hitchhiker's really creepy and it's a good uh, tone setter for the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. Really unsettling, unhinged character. Uh, we don't get to see him a lot because he basically is only in like two scenes of the movie or maybe like three. But... <clears throat> I think the time you do spend with him is really unsettling and great. Unsettling. Uh, but the cook is a better character Absolutely. overall. I love Drake uh, dude. He's uh, so much fun fucking just like bopping everybody in the head. You two shits! <laughs> fucking so beating him with a stick. Uh, yeah. I love his, his big dick energy or no dick energy because he doesn't know what sex is. Right. Um, which is another aspect that the, the 3D and kind of ignored like obviously the Sawyers are fucking as they have kids to you know like the and the, and they and they they end up being Alexandra Daddario so that's good yeah you know and i much preferred it when it was thought of that Drayton was the patriarch and the leader cuz like he's an idiot but 
that kind of hammered home the point that like this wasn't exactly an intelligent operation to begin with. Um, there, these are some stupid backwoods people eating people, right? And that honestly hammers home the realisticness of it to me that, that, that these characters are stupid and bicker with each other and are clearly insane. Stupid kind of lends itself to crazy sometimes. Yeah, sure. Uh, really unsettling. I like his character a lot. And then in two, he's just a complete joke, but it's still just as fun oh, making chili and feeding it to people <laughs> and uh, working a food truck, uh, blowing up everybody. I really liked when like he got his balls cut off by fucking lefty. Yeah. And then like was just fucking like, oh, well, that really nicked it, huh? And then I couldn't really decide um, whether to put lefty himself because he's clearly a psycho, but he's a psycho on the side of good. You know, I wanted to put him at number one, but I put Chop Top at number one because Chop Top is really fucking entertaining and stupid. Uh, and I realized that that movie is a farce and it's not as serious and well-loved and sh- shouldn't be as Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1. But he's an iconic horror character. He's a weird design for a character. The performance is really fucking weird and unhinged. I liked him a lot. Me too. I the only I would switch Drayton with him though. I would put Drayton at one. Drayton highest. Yeah. I mean, I can't really blame you. It depends on your taste in horror, I guess. I, I still just, prefer the movie of one to right. two, of course, but I think he was just such a weird, interesting idea for designing a psychopath character. Yeah, no, picking at his fucking great. plate on his head. Also, he says, "Lick my plate, you dog dick." So that really solidified it to right. me. But I did want to put Dennis Hopper on the list. I thought about it. Is I wouldn't have blamed you. He is a fucking psychopath singing fucking like, you know, born on the mountain. <laughs> fucking whatever the hell. Bring it all down. Bring it all down. <laughs> I, I, fuck it. Give him an honorary spot. Yeah. I'll give him Get an those fucking spot. characters from Leatherface out of here and give them those two spots. I don't yeah, give fuck a shit. Yeah, dude, let's go. That's fine. And then move them up several. Right. He sh- He should be above... Sheriff Hoyt below yes. Vernon. Right. I'm okay with that. I can live with that. Just like shove Clarice and Ike into one dumb spot. A tie between dumb characters in a dumb movie. Sure. So. All right. Is it time? We're going to rate the movies? Yeah. I'm going to go over the Rotten Tomatoes ranking real quick and we'll see how it differs with ours once we talk about it. Number yeah. one, obviously, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's sitting at an 88%. That's pretty good. It's That's pretty good. Mostly based on, uh, you know, not reviews of the era. That's why it's so high, to be honest. Because if you, if Rotten Tomatoes existed in 1974, that rating would be low. It's mainly like, you know, tribute reviews. Right. Um, which is fine. Then we go a little further in time, and then it's a little more accurate. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is right below that, 48%. That's a big dip. That's a big that's 40 dip. points. That's 40% dip. Ooh, big dip. Big dip in quality. That's franchise. And it is. That's and it franchise. is. That's it's Yeah. And then right, right, all right. Third highest, the 2003 remake, 37%. In my opinion, that should be way lower. Well, but yeah, nope. <laughs> that was the that was the critic response. After that, Leatherface, 
30%. Then Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, 19%. We're already, we're only halfway through the list of movies. And we're already We've already dipped down to 19% approval rating. Holy shit. Texas Chainsaw 3D, 18%. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, 14%. I'm not sure if this includes reviews of when it was Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but really, like, you know, I, I barely talked about it when we actually reviewed this movie, but the differences between the two cuts are very minimal. They're basically the same movie. Right. They didn't add or remove a lot. It says it's a trimmed cut. And I think they added a couple dumb things that don't really add up, like the like the old man. That just got up from the table and yeah. left the film. That was weird. <laughs> and then the lowest ranked, and I kind of agree, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, yeah. at a 13% Damn. spooky number. So what do we think? We're, we're, I think, a little different from that one. I think we're very different from that one because Texas Chainsaw 3D is hella low. Um, you want to go worst to best, best yeah, to sure. worst? Beginning Let's go worst, is the worst to best. We'll Beginning is the worst, bar none. There's no redeeming factors of that movie. It's just a fucking nihilistic suck pit of a movie. Fuck that movie. Might be the worst movie we have watched, at least on this show. Yeah. Um, I hated it. Yeah, me too. Dreadful. Right above it. The remake. The remake, which yeah. I almost hated just as much. Yeah, it's like the same thing, basically. And I realize there's some horror fans that like the remake, but I think something we kind of declined to mention, because I was kind of like confused about the order of things, but honestly, Texas Chainsaw Massacre's remake kind of set off the gore, realistic gore trend in Hollywood, because it came out before Saw. And before Hostel, so it kind of became a trendsetter in that form, and it led a lot of people to kind of look back on it with more reverence, but I think it's far less original than those movies, mm -hmm. and far more of a waste of time. Yes. Gore doesn't make a horror movie, it doesn't make it good, and especially not hyper-realistic boring gore right. in my opinion yeah i agree entirely uh, it's not good that's still a piece of shit and i'm gonna put it right at the right in the basement with the beginning right right in the spooky that's, that's, flooded basement that's basement tier right there <laughs> basement tier not b movies z movies right <laughs> fuck off right after that three uh, i would you know three it's either three or leatherface right i don't think leatherface is as Boring is three. I think... Put three here? I'm thinking put three here. Okay. Three is Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw 3. It has a couple good things going for it. And a couple funny scenes. But for the most part, it's a boring movie. It's, it's, it's kind of a remake of the original in and of itself. And it's just a not as good one. Right. It's truly boring. Probably the most boring here. Like, I was even more entertained. Not entertained, but, like, not bored during the remake in the beginning. Those are still worse for other reasons, but 3 is definitely the most boring. Skip at all costs. Yeah. Um, then Leatherface. Just Leatherface. Uh, I think this is where I'd put it. 
Yeah, no, it kind of has to go there. Right. I realize that a lot of people hate Next Generation, but... Well, we'll talk about that in a second. I mean, it's probably going to be next. Yeah, Leatherface right above that. And then I... I you can either say... I would either say 3D or Next Generation, and I'm not sure which one I would prefer because they both have a shitload of problems, but they're both incredibly hilarious okay. bad films. I'm gonna put I'm gonna say Next Generation before 3D just because uh, 3D has its like big like twisty kind of plot thing towards the end. Yes, and it resolves it better. It makes at least a little more sense. Next generation, next generation is meta and strange. Right. And they both have like kind of a similar entertainment value, but 3D does at least a little bit better of a job at it. It'd it's more coherent. of a complete movie right. it's more coherent. experience. Okay, so then next generation, then 3D. right above it 3D. And then 2-1. And then 2-1? Yeah. Wow, what a pathetic list that is. Like, the fact that 3D is third best of eight movies really tells you how bad this and fucking that list sucks. is. <laughs> that movie sucks. It was really funny. I don't hate that we watched it. I think the cutoff point, if you're looking to experience this franchise, definitely watch one. It's a classic horror movie. It's one of the most important movies ever yeah. made. If you like schlocky, ridiculous stuff, you can extend watch, that. Watch two and three D. Two to th- and three D. Yeah. And if you're really adventurous. Next generation. Don't watch any of the others. Don't watch any of the others. There's not a damn thing worth it. I could kind of, in a roundabout way, recommend the top four and not recommend the bottom four. Yeah. That's what we're standing at now. Yes. Uh, Most franchise we've watched on this program. Hopefully, it stays that way. And we don't. If we end up watching something worse than this, I don't know what I'll you do. You know, with I myself. can't. I can't. Even if we watch fucking Airbud. Or the Scorpion King or Resident Evil, I doubt we'll ever get so far down that we experience another Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. Right. That was fucking terrible. And thankfully, like, most people agree with us. I feel like if anyone would disagree with anything we said, it was the probably the placement of 3D. 3D is a pretty disliked movie. But I thought it had some interesting ideas and some fun yeah. schlock. Right. <sighs> Definitely prepared. watch two before that one. Two is way more entertaining. And even then, if you're not feeling two, then you you best not watch 3D and Next Generation because they're not for you either, bud. Um, but I like schlocky horror. Same. It's more fun. Uh, so I didn't mind it. Um, right. But if you actually want to watch a good movie, then all you have is one. Yep, that's, that's it. it, and that's that's pretty pathetic. I, at at the worst, I mean, like I, God, like even Jurassic Park's a better franchise. Now that I'm thinking about it. Because that's like more than one good movie. That's not true. But the bad movies are better quality than the bad movies on display here. Like they're more yeah, like good point. Okay, they're more like six out of tens as opposed to right. like. Two out of ten? Two out of tens. It's like four, three of them or two out of tens, probably. I mean, like, if I was to do that, like, one's a ten out of ten. Right. Your dip from one to two is going all the way to, like, a six out of ten. Right. And then 3D is, like, probably also a six out of ten, in my right. opinion. Yeah. And then... Four is like a five. Four is like a five. Yeah. 
and that's only in bad movie value too. If technically in actual enjoyment, it might even be lower depending on your preference of bad movies. Right. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, Leatherface is probably sitting at like a five two. Yep. Um, it's just like, but it's just kind of like a mess, and I can't really wrap my head around it. But it's like it's like a well made mess, but. It's not entertaining in any way. Right. It's just kind of fucked up and weird. I guess if you're into that, I guess I, could, I would probably recommend Rob Zombie's Halloween for you instead of that, to be yeah, honest. Jesus. If you're into that fucking fucked up mental hospital horror. Uh, whatever, man. Good for you, I guess. Uh, and then you drop down to like, you know, three is like a fucking three out of ten. Or a yeah. four out of ten. Yep. And then the remake is like a one out of ten. And then fucking the beginning is like a fucking zero. <laughs> Maybe give it a one out of ten for no reason. I, I Fuck it. Give it a zero. There's not a damn good thing about that I'd movie. I'd give it a zero. Fuck it. I'll give it a fuck. one. I'll give it a one for the one thing where it says Texas Town dies. Yeah, and that's you know, it. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that was at least funny. And with that, we will close the book. Close the book on, forever on on Texas Chainsaw. Bury it in a shallow grave and yep. never speak of it again. Uh, we'll take a piss on it and light it on fire. <laughs> this sucked. <laughs> this sucked so bad. Boom! <laughs> happy week. Halloween. Yeah, Next happy week. Halloween. Next week we're watching Terminator fucking seven. I don't even know what number six. Terminator six. Dark Fate. So actually, more like Terminator three. But not Terminator 3. You know what I mean. Hope you all have a happy Halloweenies. It is 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to go to sleep. Hell yeah, dude. If you're not sleepy yet, before you go to bed, follow us on Twitter at Genajub Show. Hell yeah, fam. We, we got we, we tweet all kinds of fun little memes there. And we're in episode previews and stuff like that will go up there. and It's a fun time. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to be opening a Patreon for this show soon and see if anybody is interested. I mean, it won't cost me anything. Jesby so. just wants to do that so he doesn't have to buy Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre so, right, movies. So I, I rent a lot of these movies out of pocket. And, like... If, I was able to I help have, yeah, before. I'm not as much... I'm not as uh, monetarily available now. Right, so, like, Yikes. I'm just thinking about maybe open up the Patreon, just put in, like, a couple really low tiers. I don't really want much. Just enough to maybe cover the costs to... To like rent some of these movies, and then I'll be okay with that. I'll do this show for free forever. I'm having fun. Just like name the tiers number one and number two, and it's just a dollar and two dollars. I was gonna do like a one dollar and five dollar, but yeah. All right, that's fair. I'd say if you do five dollars, you can put shit on the wheel. I don't give a shit. That'd be yeah. Fun. Like you, yeah. you could, when you when you subscribe to the tier, you can put one on the wheel, and then like I don't know, we'll put something else in there. Like we'll shout you out in the show. Yeah, like when we have to replace something on the wheel, we'll put on uh, whatever you told us to put there. Right. It has to be a film series with uh, at least two movies. Yeah, at Please, least two. for the love of God. Um, and with that, I hope you have all a spooky Halloween. If you want to watch a spooky movie, avoid this series, I guess, except for the first one. That's a fun time. Ugh, God, I'm going to go die now. Bye. Same, dude. Same. Oh no, it's Matthew McConaughey. He's got a gun. Look out, he's going boo. Alright, alright, alright.